No, it, because the ten outs, and it started when they did the overtime thing, like the three swings, yeah. where they're just taking every second pitch because they're oh, waiting for that, right, that right. one that's pumped in. Gotcha. That's okay. why like half okay. the battle now, like okay. the one guy chose his dad to pitch to him. Brutal. Yeah. And hey, he, hold on. This is all good stuff. Yeah, Let's yeah, just. Yeah. <laughs> every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. It is Tuesday, July 9th. July the 9th. You got it, pal. And you are how many drinks in right now? I am seven. <laughs> seven. You had an early start? But remember, we had I had four, then we played our game, and now I'm I'm back on the booze, folks, but uh, under control, and I drink responsibly. I have a chaser, a glass of water that I chase it with. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, wink, wink. Good. Yeah. yeah, very good. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. And we have someone with us today, Brock. Yeah, so uh, today, as we mentioned on the, uh, I say the last episode, but it really wasn't because we did two bonus episodes in between, uh, the one where you interviewed me, and then the uh, the uh, Kauai Meal, uh, River episode <laughs> was in between as well. That's right. Um, but as promised, we uh, we do have our special guest today, a Mike Pignat, who is uh, with us today live on the RA patio. Our resident a, baseball expert. I made it all the way down, boys. You did? All I, the way to the RA Center. Step where you, one. Where do you live there, bud? Stittsville. Stittsville. <coughs> that's a long way. Yeah. You're a long way from home, Dorothy. <laughs> Does uh, uh, Riley know you have his headphones? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> you do know it says Rye big on yeah, this. Okay, yeah. perfect. <laughs> You're angled away from the crowd. That's exactly. Right. I put them purposely on yeah. that ear. Yeah. Now, there was rumor that... Uh, We'd have a special guest in the audience, but I'm not sure if he's going to make it today or not. A uh, gentleman by the name of Paul Pignat. Yeah, and I, I don't think he gets podcasting <laughs> or the concept <laughs> or how it works. Uh, gentlemen, fill me in. He uh, thought he could come down and, and ask questions. And Who is he? My dad. Your dad? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my father-in-law. Is he here? No, I don't, I don't see him yet. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. You'll probably, know if he yeah. shows up. Oh, yeah, he'll be walking the grounds. You know who is here, though? My entire softball team is here. Uh, just to the, uh, the table to the left of us. Uh, and we are recovering from a, uh, I'd say a beatdown, Brock. Brock subbed for us today in our slow pitch, uh, slow pitch team. And yeah, we, uh, we got a beatdown. So subbed twice now, the first and last time. Yeah, and so they're having some drinks and some uh, re refreshments. We're, again, we're here live at the RA patio. And... Uh, They've agreed to let us podcast here essentially every week, and I'm hoping this can continue, whether it's on the patio or whether it's up in the field house. So um, thank you to them, and, uh, you know, we'll go get them next time, I guess, Woody's. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from moving that. Moving on quickly. Debacle. Uh, not fun. <laughs> you know, listen, not fun. Okay, look, we lost. I'm not going to give a whole synopsis on the game. We lost. It wasn't fun because we're in a league that we don't belong in in terms of competitiveness. We're getting hammered. Uh, so, As in, they're competitive and you're not? Well, there's that. And we're also not competitive within the game. It's a bit, losing 25-2 to two in co-ed slow-pitch softball is just... It's just the wrong. Like we're just not. We're just not in it for that. We so. could easily be talking Blue Jays baseball though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we if could. If yeah. you tuned in just now, you'd be like, "Oh, they're t they're covering." Certainly the, Jays. the first two months of the year, anyways. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, let's, enough about that, Brock. Please. All right, moving on 
for the uh, topics that we came here to discuss, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. And on a day like today, you can't talk about the Blue Jays without talking about Vladdy Guerrero's home run derby last night. It was pr pretty insane, pretty impressive. Uh, that guy has a monster swing, like the amount of power that guy generates. And you know what's funny? Because it was such a contrast between him and Peterson, who batted next, who's a little more traditional, smooth swing. Like, he still jacked them out, but uh, uh, whereas Vladdy's like so, the torque he generates is so rough. Like, he's got to be hurting today, I would think. I'm hurting watching him. Yeah. I was getting gassed. I'm watching him, his breathing and, and the... Uh, effort that is in that swing, although he makes it look effortless, like you know there's just so much power in that swing. Um, I, I was, you know, I was impressed yeah. by him, but I was equally as impressed by Peterson because not only did he, or his swing differ a little bit, but Vladdy put up record-setting numbers. I know. And then you had to come up and you had to match that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is there a way to concede? You just say, I don't want to... You know, because if you're midway through and you've got 10, then it just start, you just start to amplify the pressure on yourself. And it's like, man, now I'm going to be like the laughing stock here. I'm making a fool of myself. Like when you're going up having to hit 29 or 30, to, you know, 29 to tie, 30 to win, it's insane. He almost hit 100 homers. Yeah. Altogether 92? Last yeah. That yeah. is insanity in however many rounds, three, mm -hmm. I guess it ended up being for yeah. him. Yeah, because he went rounds, to the final. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's wild, and yeah, like you, the torque that he that he generates with his swing. Well, uh, who did Jock Peterson remind you of at the plate? Swinging? Yeah. Uh, I mean, is there a guy of a player that comes to mind? I <laughs> like he like he had the sweet swing. Definitely not like uh, Allroad had the classic, like uh, Teddy Williams, you yeah. know, like nice line drive swing. Uh, it was like that, but like juiced up. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? A, a, an amplified version of that. Where and he's pulling pitches that are inside right, like. Right to left field, or right field, perfect. Oh, yeah. Like, did, you remind, did he remind you of uh, Brock, of anybody? I had a little Griffey in him, yeah. a little Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. The way his stance is, you know, a little bit more straight up, because I remember emulating Griffey Jr. when I was a kid, and I would do that standing up straight and really like a little bit of the rock, but just kind of, I don't know, it That's seemed a little more relaxed at the plate. Mm. Calm, cool, you know, the backwards hat. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I thought he looked a little bit like Will Clark in yeah. his stance, but he, his finish was Griffey. So, mm. like, the way this, this, his arm, his follow-through with his arm. So, I thought he was – I thought he surprised me. I didn't know he was that much of a power hitter. And but they were hitting in Cleveland. I, don't, I can't remember the dimensions of that park, but I think right field, the fence is a little bit lower yeah. and a little bit closer, correct? Yeah, it favors the lefties a little. Uh, Did anybody notice those things on his neck? Yeah, Doc Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, is that they're from like, treatment or something? Or? Well, I saw. I think Vladdy also had like he did the cupping obviously because he had that. Uh, I think that was him on like his triceps and stuff. You could see where they had you know the the cupping that thing that. They, oh, I know. Uh, James Harrison is the uh, famous for. Yeah, we don't talk about the Steelers here. Anyway, uh, moving on. But um, <laughs> I think Trudeau does it too. <laughs> Trudeau, yeah. He cups. He okay. cups. All right. He, yeah. What is what is he cupping anyway? Um, because Peterson had a really bad neck injury. Uh, he collided with uh, Puig, uh when he played for the Dodgers. They, they collided in the field. And he had, like, serious neck issues, so I don't know if he's still... Yeah, anybody would have serious neck issues colliding with that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a train uh, Before, man. like, really quickly, I'm going to derail and come back. Did you see the uniforms, the sleeveless uniforms that they're wearing? 
Uh, they just wore them for warm-ups, eh? Is that what it was? Yeah. I don't know. I saw a picture. I saw Puig in it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm wearing sleeveless freaking uniforms if I look like that guy. When the game started, they put their long sleeves All on. All right. Thank back God. on track. Yes, I did see the dots on his neck, so I don't know if that's like a, you know, uh, that kinetic tape type stuff? The K-tape? Oh, yeah yeah. 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 I don't know if it was something like that had that same type of effect or what. It looked like stickers, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it I almost seems like where you'd hook up electrodes or something. Yeah. I'm not saying he's alien, but <laughs> there were there <laughs> were a couple of uh, sort of an impromptu uh, headlines here right now happening. There were a couple of a um, couple of inter- This is headlines. <laughs> <laughs> wow. At the music, right, it right. just sounds like we're getting ready for uh, like JJ Clark or Matt Scooby to talk about the weather. That's pretty great. Where'd you find that? Sound bite. What I is don't it? Know. YouTube is my friend. I went everything. I was like, wow. I even searched like somebody saying the word headlines. <laughs> like, can I just get some sound clip? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um, Matt Lucroy getting run over by a dude at the plate. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that. Carted off the field unconscious, I think, initially, and then gained, regained consciousness and was carted off the field. Broken nose and yeah, whatever. Yeah, I couldn't tell, though. Like, so th- I know the rule is, you know, you're not supposed to block the plate anymore as a catcher mm-hmm. for yep. that p- particular reason. I thought he, I thought he was blocking the plate. I thought he was covering too much of the plate, and he, and he took, he took a hit. But the argument is, well, the, the player initiated the contact first and ran into the catcher so he could try and drop the ball. I didn't see that in the play personally, but I'm not sure if you guys know the, which play I'm talking about. I've seen the play. I didn't know the ruling or the context or anything. Yeah. I saw the play. I said, oh, wow, that's a that's a good collision. It was I've Jake. run catchers like that when I was a kid. Um, but I never, I, not in any way, shape, or form did I think that it was the... The runner's fault. Yeah, and me either. Called out. That's and not Jake Marisnik was the player. The, he plays for Houston. He's a big boy. But right after it happened, he he went right over to Lucroy, and Lucroy was sort of yep. like, I, I'm not sure if he was unconscious. I think he was actually. Uh, just kind of had it, both his hands on him, saying, you could tell he was definitely yeah. concerned. So right. it was uh, very interesting. There was another another situation in New York where a pitcher. Uh, I, I can't remember. Jeez, boys, I'm so sorry. But it was a, a player by the name of Frazier that plays for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Something happened with a pitcher, and the pitcher went back and said, I'm going to crack your skull next time I pitch to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you Put a dent in your skull. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember who the pitcher was that said I that? I don't remember. It, but Jake, it was Ar- Jake Arrieta. Sorry. Yes, that's Thank right. God yeah. that came back to me. I had, <laughs> I had this all written down. I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got it. got a couple drinks in. Can't remember anything. But it was Jake Arrieta who basically said, this guy's a whatever, mm-hmm. I should put a dent in his skull. Yeah. Is, does that warrant a suspension? They're I mean, reviewing it. Yeah, The yeah, incident exactly. or the comment? Like the, the situation? Uh, They're reviewing what the hell his happened? comment. Um, I mean, Fraser, I think he's been uh, hit by uh, seven pitches from that team, I think. And, um, uh, sorry, Completely distracted. The waitress came over with a plate of wings, looking at me like they were mine. And we should have said yes. Yeah, yeah should have just said yeah. Be... Bill's over there, but the wings stay here. Um, yeah, I think they're they're reviewing the comments. But he'd been hit by seven pitches. Fraser. Yeah, he by that team. The plate. So he's got issues. He's like, I'm tired of getting hit from by this team, and then whatever the back and forth and area said, I'll put a dent in your skull, which. From a standpoint, you say where that threat's coming from, that's a pitcher. 
You know what I mean? So yeah. a pitcher is the only person that has that ability to put a dent in your skull. Right. Because you're standing up there vulnerable, and the guy's going to throw 100 at your head. Yeah. Totally. You and uh, it's something like uh, he, he had to speak up. He had to say something or make a big deal of it because, I mean, seven times, only he knows that. The umpires don't know that coming into the game. They don't know that they're throwing at him every time. So for him, to, he, he's got he's to vocalize and say, hey, like, no more, or rush the mound, or do something. And you can say it's wrong, but you have to stand up for yourself, otherwise it's just going to keep happening. Do you think, uh, like, is there a history there that we don't know about? Got to be, yeah. It must be. Yeah. And it could go, could go back to the minors, like, who knows, or ex-teammate or something. Uh, but clearly not liked and not liked throughout, the, throughout the, uh, their uh, clubhouse. Yeah. Something else happened this week. Jake Verlander, who, whose ERA is a shade under two, mm-hmm. mind you, okay? So, and he's a, the starting pitcher for the American League. You say Jake Verlander? Jay. Justin Verlander. Sorry, Justin, Justin Verlander. Jay, period. I mean, who's, yeah. who's, who's Jake Verlander? Is there a Jake Verlander? I don't know. Maybe his kid's name Jake? Who knows? Listen, to our audience, as you get older, a lot of names start popping in your head, and you start mi- intermixing a lot of stuff. So it happens. It's Justin Verlander. My brother's famous for that, by the way. Uh, so Justin Verlander was not shy at all this week to say that the balls in Major League Baseball are absolutely juiced. And he went on and he put Rob Manfred, who I believe is the MLB commissioner, yep. he put him on notice saying, you said it two and a half, three years ago that you wanted more home runs and you wanted more offense in baseball. It's no coincidence that within those two and a half years, the amount of home runs has tripled, in mm-hmm. fact. And they're on pace to shatter. Yeah. They're on pace for 6,500 home runs, whereas the last year, the last record's about 6,100. 400 home runs is no joke. Mm -hmm. So the MLB is on pace to shatter their home run record. Is there something to this, boys? Is there something to this this story about the balls being juiced? It's got to be. Manford even said we have to have a look at the balls. Cut open a baseball. They bought Rawlings. MLB owns Rawlings. So they can dictate what's in the ball. Open up a baseball? MLB dictates that anyway. Did you say open up a baseball? Yeah, cut up a baseball. What would you? You want to find out if it's juice? Find out what's in there. String, rubber. There's string and there's a core. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Is the core different? Is the string different? Cut open one that you've had for years. I'll say this: the the Minnesota Twins last year are there. I think, I think one homer shy at the All Star break of their total last year. Now, granted, it's a complete change. Uh, They're a different team this year, but (laughs) still, one that hits home runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. One that's going deep. But, uh, no, it, it, so it is noticeable. I mean, at the same time, it doesn't make it more exciting. Like, we talked about it the last time I was on with, with uh, it's an exchange. Like, you give up the guy who's going to maybe 30 points on the average to hit an extra 20 home runs, 50, 10 home runs. Uh, you know, there's that trade-off. And Verlander, was, uh, he was pretty clear with his uh, examples. He just said, look, uh, like, when I was with the uh, – was it with the Tigers he started his career? Mm-hmm. When I was with the Tigers, I could throw a, a 3-2 fastball and not worry about a shortstop hitting it out of the park opposite field. Yeah. Now, it's 3-1, 3-2, or, or sorry, 1-2 uh, and two or 2-2, two and two, a pitcher's count, mm-hmm. and he has to watch what he throws because a guy who is by all means supposed to be an average hitter, a uh, contact hitter, can now turn on a ball and hit it opposite field. Yeah. That, I've, I've never seen that before. Are guys bigger and stronger? I, from, from the eye test, I don't think so. Guys are definitely faster, that, are, but they don't. 
I mean, look at Conseco and Maguire back in the day. Were there any two guys bigger than those two guys back in the day? Mm -hmm. So to say guys are bigger and stronger and faster and all that. But it's, but it's at every position now. Like, it, it's true what you say. It used to be that the second baseman shortstop, those guys were in there for defense only. Yeah. They, they, you know, they'd hit for, uh, you know, 250. Yeah, you'd take that and, like, 10 home runs, 15 home runs. But now those guys can, like, Alex Rodriguez, uh, uh, A-Rod changed the game. Like, uh, uh, now you got the guy for uh, the White Sox, the shortstop there. He, he's, he's hitting jocks left, right, and center. You know, so, so now it's, it's like you can have a shortstop that bats third, uh, where before he was number nine. And he was in there strictly for Gu defense. Guys, Freddie Galvis has 15 homers. Mm -hmm. He's on pace for 30. Right. He's a bu what? A, a buck 80 tops. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, if you can, if you're Jose Altuve, and you're hitting jacks, the guy is smaller than his bat. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I cannot get guy. how small he is, and he is lighting it up. I, like, I think. I think. There's I mean, something there's nothing. It. It's there's got to be something. If you ask me. You know, equipment in every sport has improved. Uh, baseball still uses their, their wooden bats. I don't think it's the bats. I do think the baseballs have improved in terms of the uh, their flyability, their, their ability to get out of the park that, that much quicker. So, you know, if you look at tennis, if you look at hockey, if you look at uh, even football, for example, the equipment is, is there. Well, hockey and tennis more specifically because the puck moves faster, the ball gets hit harder because of the, the, um, the, the equipment. So in baseball... The ball has to have changed. Something has to have changed in the game for this amount of home runs. And I, when we watched the Blue Jays when we were kids, you knew Manny Lee wasn't hitting yeah. a homer. Yeah, he, you I knew mean, Alfredo Griffin was coming off the bench. He right. was gonna. He wasn't hitting a homer. He was, he was there to get on base. <laughs> yeah. But now, if you throw on, if you put on Brandon Drury as a pinch hitter in the ninth, he could hit a grand salami. Yeah. So good. Like all know, these guys are. Yeah. Those guys are utility guys. Yeah. So I don't know. Is that not also? A negative in terms of when I think of the Blue Jays, and I think Which of is a good prelude to with a good prelude to what we're going into. But is it not a negative when I look back to some of the teams where they make the playoffs, and then they're playing a team like the Royals, and it seemed like because everybody has the ability to hit a jack, it seemed like that was we lived or died by home runs. So it took that small ball out of it because. Every guy in there thinks they can be the hero. They have the ability to do that. And if that basically that takes away the role player, the willingness to be a role player and understanding what your role is. Every guy thinks they can do that. Well, and it's, uh, it's less of a team sport now. It used to be you had to string together three, four hits to get a rally going, uh, get your runs that way. Now you get uh, a bloop and a blast you, or a, a, walk a, walk and a, a walk and a yeah. home run. So, yeah, you, I, 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 the point's well taken. Like, it's, it's not the game that, that sent up uh, Lloyd Mosby, Fernandez, these guys, and they would, you know, uh, double to the gap, uh, single to get them over, uh, and then, you know, like have, have the guy steal second, and you got runners on second and third. The, the game is now, uh, like I say, a bloop and a blast. Get, get a guy on and, and have the guy swing for the fences. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Contracts. Maybe, maybe or because the ball is going out more. So they're Could like, be that. But what are they, well, who gets paid the most? Guys that will hit that uh, single or get hit by a pitch and take the walk or the guy who's hitting the jacks, the 40 jacks a year, 50 jacks a year? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, like, it, it, it's true because it seems they've gotten away from a guy like a, uh, the guy that was with Boston, the guy who uh, had the crazy stat there. Uh, he was in Moneyball. They talked about him. Anyways, uh, David, just no, no. Uh, oh, Boston and Oakland. No. Anyways, uh, I'll think of it. 
after the when I'm driving home. Right. But uh, <laughs> uh, but but they've gotten away from these stats of like crazy on base percentage. Uh, you know, this guy hits all the time. Uh, whereas now they're just like power. They're looking at RBIs and home runs. So yeah, yeah, something yeah. to be said for that. You know, and look, I look at a guy. <coughs> excuse me, I look at a guy like Randall Gritchick. Has he overwhelmed you this this first half? Like when you, uh, if you just a, a quick sort of like uh, a, a quick brainstorm, boom. What do you think of, of Randall Gritchick? Yeah, uh, like underperformer. Yeah, underperformer. Yeah, but he's going to end up with thirty homers. Yeah, and and uh, eighty RBI. Right. So yeah. at the but at the end of the year, when you do your evaluations, and you look at oh, this guy, this guy hit thirty homers, and he, but he's batting two twenty eight or whatever he's batting. Is he worth the big bucks? For me, I have a hard time, and he's the re- there, it's the exact reason why Pilar got sent out of town because Pilar's on base percentage for for a leadoff hitter or for a center fielder who's supposed to hit for average was arguably the worst in the in the league. So, um, oh, and we have a an, a food offering here as we as we're on here. We have a Chris Gunn offering us some French fries. Thank you very much. I feel like I'm uh, taking from the collection plate here at a church. The scraps. Uh, don't mind if I do. <laughs> Did you want some more? We'll get our own. Yeah. He was hiding those wings pretty good. So Kevin Pillar is a good example for me of a guy who ends up batting 250 with 15 homers and 60 RBIs as center fielder. And all for, for all intents and purposes, those are pretty good numbers. But his on-base percentage is terrible. He doesn't hit for, for contact. He strikes out a ton. So, like, if... I think about the 2015 Kansas City Royals. That team could do it all. Mm. But yeah. the way they beat the Jays was hitter after hitter after hitter. One through nine, yeah. Uh, one through nine, opposite field, yeah. pulls, up the middle, opposite and, field. And the, the team speed. Team like, speed. Yeah. Every time King. somebody's on base, we're worried about a steal. Yeah. Nobody, when Jays get on base, no there's maybe no like two out of the whole lineup. You say, well, maybe he's going to steal. And Lorenzo Cain like, goes Look. first to home. The, the 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 third base coach would have had to tackle him. He was like, "No, I'm doing it." Yeah, and you know, they, so it's it's knowing your areas of expertise and 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 uh, and taking advantage of that. And it was a traditional lineup. I mean, they had speed at the top with Jared Dyson, Lorenzo Kane, and then they had their power guys, Hosmer and Mustakas. Yeah. Like it was a, a real. And actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, jeez, uh, former Jay left uh, Morales. Kendris Morales was on that team. Yeah. But That's they had them all lined up in a, in, a, in a traditional MLB batting lineup. Speed, speed, power, cleanup, and then the rest of your lineup, yeah. essentially. Well, speed so. and on-base percentage, yeah. Then you go down to your, to your power, and yeah, and then just more speed at the, at the bottom. Where do we see the – so just basically <laughs> dealing with the four Jays prospects, okay? Bichette, Biggio, Guriel, and Guerrero. Where do we see them in the lineup in the future? Where, do you think they should be the top four guys? Yeah, I mean, Vladi is obviously your number four. Uh, three or four, because sometimes they move the power guy to the three position just to get him more at bats. But uh, Biggio strikes me as a number two. You know, I, I, I don't know how uh, how fast he'll stay as he gets older and bigger. But uh, he's he to me he's your number two, who can hit for situational hitting. You know, with a guy on, uh, and then get on base for your number three, number four. Uh, Guriel, I mean, the way he's playing right now. Jeez, like he'd be a he found a, a spot. Yeah, he'd be a perfect number three. Uh, extend the inning, hit for power, you know, uh, and then uh, uh, who was left in there? So we got uh, Guriel, Guriel, Bichette, Bichette, we which we seen. don't. Yeah. yeah, we don't know it's yeah. as much. So, about him. and I don't think he's a leadoff. Uh, 
because I think he's got a little more power, a little more pop in his bat than maybe you want at that position, maybe not the speed. Well, but it depends. You, you know, you don't see, uh, like you said last time, you don't see the typical speedsters anymore that get on and swipe bags. So depends who they add, but uh, I, could, I could see him five, five spot. That way, he, you know, if, if he's hitting, he provides a cushion for, uh, for Vladdy, a little so protection there. I haven't, I haven't seen Bichette yet. None of us have. Just highlights. But from the people I've seen, the, those four guys, uh, Biggio, for me, has been the most impressive. And I, I get Vladdy is four years younger. I get that certainly he's just growing into his, his body even. Uh, but Biggio has been so impressive. His, forget his average. I don't even know what he's batting, 260, 250. But he has been so impressive. His at-bats, are he's patient. He can hit for power. We've seen he's had a couple of games where he's hit two homers in a game. He's a situational hitter. He takes his walks. He takes his pitches. He's a very versatile defender. He can play second. He can play short even. He's been out in the field. I, I have been so impressed with him. I think they really – he might be the X factor moving forward for this team. I agree. And I don't know – obviously, we not, like you say, none of us saw him play in the minors, but the guy looks like he's a three-, four-year veteran. Like, oh, yeah. He, the way he oh, carries yeah. himself, his at-bats, his uh, – It's he, like he, his he, father was a pro or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but he, he never gets too pissed. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. Right. Like, like uh, and, and maybe they told him when he came up, look, just take this year as a learning experience. We're not going anywhere, so don't worry about it. Uh, the, the numbers we, we're not even going to look at. But the, the, and, and if they did, credit to them. But like the way he's taking himself is it, the way he's handling himself. The interviews, the the, the uh, his teammates, everything. He, like you can't say enough about, as you say, what the guy's done. And he could be the right. the not the best of the bunch because I think Vladdy's out out and out. And he's the best hitter, but uh, but the, maybe the best pro. So his father was exactly that way. Oh yeah, oh yeah. First, like his, well, his father was, was never dirty uniform at the end of the game. You yeah. know, he might have gone over, but he like you know he was running out. He was uh, contributing somewhere. Yeah, exactly. He was always going to be uh, have an effect on the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, you knew he played. Yeah, I think the the younger ones got a. He's he's still got some growing to do. He's got to grow. He's got to put a few. Like he's got room to put muscle on his frame. For sure. Absolutely. And once he starts to bulk a little bit more, I think you're going to see him really take off. As long as he doesn't pull at Syndergaard and get bulky and then lose some of his flexibility, because we, you know, certainly he, you could tell by the home run derby, it's it's all torque, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he's a big kid, but boy, oh boy, he relies on his flexibility to fall. Um, Syndergaard had because he put on muscle one summer. He kept or whatever the the pitcher for yeah, uh, yeah for the pitcher for the Mets. He had kept pulling his lap muscle because he had put he put on so much muscle, but he it got tight. He was in the J system. He wasn't. Was oh, <laughs> that was the uh, Dicky trade. Dickie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Dicky, but anyway, here, here's a question for you. So, Bichette's going to get called up at some point, I think. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I think at this point he's he's just now starting to get back from his injury. He's batting three eighteen. Mm -hmm. He's been on fire as of late. So yep. he's he's going to push the Jays to, to to call him up. Mm -hmm. When he comes up, it creates an extreme logjam at second, short, sort of that that general mid in infield, maybe even third. The talk is they're going to have to let go of somebody, uh, namely Sogard and or Galvis. Now, if you ask me, you're mo you're moving forward. Galvis isn't your future. He's a stopgap. He's hitting very well. He's a switch hitter. Sogard's a left-handed hitter. Sogard is a, a great clubhouse guy. If you ask me, if you if you're gonna trade, let's let's say they trade Galvis for some pitching, maybe some depth, some uh, some prospects. I think Galvis has more of a return at this point in his career right now than trading Sogard. And Sogard Sogard has had some of the best at bats I've seen all year from anybody on the Jays. So if they're gonna deal somebody, Galvis seems like the the natural guy to deal even though he's leading the team in home runs and uh you know 
Uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts on that between those two guys? Or, or is there a wild card third guy? Drury is worth nothing, I think, at this point. So, Well, I, I mean, like, as you say, Galvis is the only one with any real value. It, it's, it's one of those things, timing, timing is everything. And if, if the Jays get someone, that go, Altuve goes down again, uh, this guy gets hurt, that, that value skyrockets. And now you got them and you say, okay, you need a shortstop, you need a second baseman, you need an infielder. We got Galvis. We'll send him your way, and that creates the opening for Bichette. Uh, hopefully, that happens because I, I don't see teams that are already no in the hunt. No Altuve. We don't want him to get hurt, but anyway, what's that? If Altuve's listening, we're not hoping he gets no, hurt. No, but no, not by any means. But is uh, Galvis a, a sell high right now? Like, is that why? Like, uh, well, at this point, would you know what be? I mean? Like, he's very hot right now. But yeah. so you guys are saying, like, let's let's get whatever we can get back from him now because we kind of don't think he's necessarily going to be at this level. The rest of his career. I just see Biggio and Bichette being your infield with Guriel, Grichik, and whoever they decide to play at, at center. So there's okay. no room for Galvis. And if there's, you're not going to pay him whatever he's, you're paying him. Yeah. And he's and he's he's got 16 dingers at, at yeah. the All Star break. So and get some pitching. Exactly. Get, as you say, sell out, sell high. So so trade him now, while while the value is there, and uh, get what you can. Yeah. And and he he's uh, he's a known commodity. Like. Uh, when when Toronto got him, uh, everyone knew this was a good signing. He's a good player, amazing Great defensively. House. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only that's the only bad thing is that if if he goes, you don't have him there to uh, to shadow Bichette and and sort of show him the ropes. But uh, it's something. It's a trade off you'll take. Yeah, I think I totally agree with, especially when it's you know the young guys coming up. I think the the one of the most important things you have to do as an organization is make sure that your veteran guys are the right guys who can point those young guys in the right direction. I think that may be underestimated sometimes, but I think that that's where your young guys are really going to flourish and, and be the consummate professional if they're groomed properly by in-clubhouse veterans. And I'm looking at, you know, when you talk about veterans on the team right now in terms of uh, uh, position players, it's essentially Galvis, Sogard, and, and Smokey. And Smokey, yeah. So. You know, Smokey is not very animated. So, you know, they say he's a funny guy in the clubhouse, but he seems like, seems like a very quiet guy, generally speaking. I don't know what kind of leadership he provides, but a switch-hitting first baseman could get you some, some good return. Well, and that's what I was going to say. He, he's the other guy who's almost definitely guaranteed to, to be traded. So. And that's fine. Yeah. No, Telez is. is the future, I think. I yep. think it's pretty safe to say that Telez is the future at first, and Guerrero can play a little first as well, I think. so. And he's a free agent. Uh, sell high, sell now while you get something in return, and uh, he'll go on and play in the playoffs. All right, so before we get any further, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and we can really dive into the Blue Jays' current lineup, where we think the trades are going, um, how we're going to I've look. I've got my top extra. prospects for the Jays at Boyle. And talk uh, about that. Pierre's got his printouts, and we'll be right back. But I'm on my break. All right, and we're back. And uh, so that was a break. And <laughs> with our new sound bites, I wanted to quiz our new guest and see if he knew which one this was. Is this Pierre saying I'm on my break, or is this the Roadhouse one? But I'm on my break. I, I, that's. But I'm on my break. God damn, that's good. <laughs> I th you know what? I think that's Pierre only because there's no background like 
The bar scene. Oh, the bar yeah. Scene. yeah. Play the original. I think he's on to something. Your history. Laughter. When I'm on my break. Yeah, yeah the music. Skinny, you know? yeah. yeah, the music. All right. All right. Well done. Investigation over here. Great job, Mike. Okay, so we're going to go dive back in with the Blue Jays. And uh, you guys have already talked a, f- a little bit about uh, uh, possible trades and, and who might be uh, on the block. Uh, let me ask you, who would you consider to be untouchable in the Blue Jays organization at this point? Other than the, the, the obvious Vladdy should be untouchable, I would assume BGO would be untouchable. Um, Bichette probably as well uh, from a minor league standpoint. But other than that, who do you think would be untouchable for the Jays to trade right now? Well, I think I'm going to start with the 40-man roster, okay? So that just uh, just so we don't dive into some of the prospects, because there are, and as far as I'm concerned, Nate Pearson, who uh, threw a 102-mile-an-hour fastball in the All-Star game last oh, night. I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, yeah so um, good. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. And by, by all accounts, all the pundits, all the... Uh, prognosticators predict him to be sort of a combination of Roy Halladay in terms of his uh, his uh, competitiveness, but his stuff is like Max Scherzer. So he could he, um, again. This well, the ceiling's high. Or do you have that? The ceiling is the roof sound bite from Michael Jordan when he's yelling at the yeah. one. I don't think I've even heard it. Oh Two. my god! Oh my god! No, I don't have. I was it. right at the end of Roadhouse. That clip. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I fast forward through it. I sped through trying to find. So when we're looking at the current roster, I mean, the, for me, it's it's three, it's four guys, it's four guys right now. And if you would have asked me this in June, I would have not included Guriel in that. I think he's reinvented himself in the minors. Great stick right now. Um, like a really, really good stick. And his first couple of months uh, this year, I thought, oh boy, is this guy Alex Rios? Like, is this what we got? But he's proven to be uh, an excellent hitter. Power, speed. Uh, he's turned into a phenomenal left fielder. In fact, he's he's their left fielder. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any debate about that right now. He's they've they've solved that issue for a while. It was Teoscar Hernandez or Billy McKinney, and they weren't sure, and they were flip flopping guys. And then they were bringing Drury out there to play. I think there's I think they've settled with Guriel. So as far as I'm concerned, the untouchables have to be Danny Jansen, Biggio, Bichette, even though we haven't seen him yet. Guerrero and Guriel. Those five guys, uh, for me, are untouchable. And I'm just talking bats. When it comes to arms, I really I really only have Nate Pearson being untouchable. Uh, the rest, uh, depending on the kind of return, that includes Marcus Stroman. I think at this point, you've got to explore every angle. So those are my, those are my guys, those, f- those five position players. The pitching, pitching staff, uh, Nate Pearson aside, everyone else is fair game. I, I agree. Like uh, the 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 I would say anybody with uh, team control is staying, with the exception of uh, Hernan Teoscar Hernandez. Not that I don't think anybody's beating down the door to, to talk about him or what's a trade. his problem, Mike? What's I mean? Prob- I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Like the I, I think it was a trade for a guy uh, that gave up Liriano to get him an aging lefty, right? And and a team that needed uh, another arm for the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> So, so they, they acquired him thinking, ceiling's high, let's see what we got. But uh, it hasn't panned out. I think, I think they'd admit it. I think he'd admit it. He's sort of a victim of, uh, of his own circumstance. He, 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 they have team control. They, he has options so they can keep sending him down, and they do. So anytime that they need an extra arm for the bullpen, they, 
they send him down. He's the, you know, but it's also because he's not performing. If he was, if he was uh, lighting it up, they wouldn't be sending him down. On their depth chart, he he uh, pencils in at the start as the starting center fielder. Yeah, he he, uh, and it's funny because his fielding used to be the weak uh, spot, but now and he's left field miss. anyways. I thought he left field. I thought he was a hot mess. Like, oh you my know, lord! It, there was a game in uh, in Boston, and it's a short fence, so your, your responsibilities are even less. But. He was horrible. Yeah, like looked yeah. awful. And even in Toronto, there was a couple of times where the ball he got, he lost it in the lights, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, he just misplayed a couple of balls off the off the wall. And when it did land, he kind of sauntered to the ball. Right. There were. I mean, I think he's improved. Mm -hmm. Certainly, he's improved yeah. a lot, especially under Montoyo. Yep. But uh, I, I'm with you there. I've never been. A, he's too nonchalant for me, and I could lose the uh, sunflower seeds shower as well. I, I find that to, if that was me, it would annoy me. Well, me. it's the first inning, and you've just dumped a bunch of sunflower seeds down my back. <laughs> okay, I'm good. Yeah. Seriously, there's nine innings. You need sunflower seeds. Stop wasting. No, but if it turns out like that. the Blue Jays have got sodium poisoning or something, you, you know <laughs> who imagine? to blame. Like, imagine that. <laughs> elevated heart rates. Just everybody, <laughs> calm down with the sunflower seeds, okay? And you know, anyway. So the, as far as I'm concerned, I'm with you there totally in terms of yeah. T. Oscar Brock. What, like your T. Oscar, you've seen enough of him now to have an opinion of him. Uh, yeah. Serviceable. As long as he's on a two-way, I guess you can kind of play around with it. But as soon as he's sort of out, because that's a you only have so many years you could do that, right? Yeah. And once you're out of that, you got to get rid of him. So and, and no one, I don't think is anybody. No one's going to ask for him. No. Uh, but but he'd be the only one. Uh, I think in the as as far as arms, I I wouldn't trade Gaviglio because he I think he's shown a lot. He's overused this year, only because their starters don't. Don't go past the fourth inning, but uh, I would I would keep him and uh, the the two young starters uh, Clayton uh, Clayton Richard yeah uh, and uh, Trent Thornton because uh, they've they've shown you know signs that maybe they glimpses could, pardon me yeah exactly uh, of who they could be uh, but so after that there's Sanchez trade him so Clayton Richard is born in eighty three. Sanchez, born in 92. Richards is in 83? Mm -hmm. That's the young one? He was yeah. a veteran from... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it, uh, you might be on to somebody else, I think. Yeah, probably. Play somebody who was born a decade or so after him? You know, guys... <laughs> Someone who isn't my age? <laughs> you, know, you know who's been really, really, really impressive for the Jays in, in terms of pitching? And, I, again, I, I stand by my, 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 by my comment about Pearson being the only guy not... Untouchable, like, uh, yeah. Or no, or Pierce being untouchable, yeah. But I would hate to see Ken Giles go. I know we could think about the return he can give us a starter right now or um, a, t a contending team, but guys, he's lights out. Yeah, he's automatic, and there's not that many uh, closers right now in the league that are as as automatic as he is. And that's automatic from a standpoint where. Sometimes when he's pitching, it's not even to close out a game because they're fucking losing. But yeah. You well, know what I mean? So they're like, well, we got to bring him on because we haven't had a situation, a closing opportunity for the last six days, so we got to pitch him. I really thought Daniel Hudson was a steal. And they picked him up in, the, in free agency, and he throws 97, 98, throws really, really hard. He's been really good. Uh, but he's somebody, again, he's a, he's a veteran guy, a veteran arm that can go to a contending team who might be able to help. What kind of return are you going to get on a guy like that? I don't know. Like, their bullpen has been <clears throat> such a point of contention over the last few years that you finally have a closer, a good closer, 
Osuna was a good closer. Osuna was a good closer, but you know, Ken Giles, they traded for Ken Giles. So like, are you going to start again? Is there a closer in your minor league system that can come up? Is the closing is the closer that important in baseball anymore? With uh, with the amount of guys that come in and throw, not as important for the Blue Jays because you got to be winning for a closer. <laughs> Let's <laughs> be honest. It's true. Like, no, I get. I, and on yeah, a team Jays, with, yeah, a team with thirty-four wins, Ken Giles has thirteen saves. Like, like you say, he's he's automatic. That's I th- one I think out of every three games. I, I don't uh, have the stat in front of me, but uh, I think there was one in Boston that he that he let go. But uh, yeah, and and believe me, there's a market for him. Teams teams will start asking. I think t- or some teams already. They have. already have. Yeah. The Twins have already checked in. Atlanta Braves have already checked in. And so he'll be dealt for sure. And, I think so. And again, take what you can get for him. He was, uh, it's not a take what you can get. I think they can get a good return for Giles. Oh, yeah. So if you get something that's going to help you and put you in a position where you're like, hey, we need to now to find a closer because we're winning these games going into late innings and we need somebody to finish it off. Well, and, and Great. going back to that Kansas City team, they had the seven, eight, nine guys. You know, they they would go to Wade those guys. Davis and uh, yeah, and and it was it was lights out. Like, yeah. uh, more these, teams are doing that, are they not? Yeah, these they guys have are those work. set up. So all you had to do is get the six innings. Yep. If you're winning, lights boom, out. seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, we're, these we're guys, gone and home. And they knew their role. Just just pitch to your one. The Jays inning, never had that. Didn't get out. No, no. It'd be nice to have. What, guys, what do you think about the return they got last year when they traded Hap? And then when they traded, uh, they made a couple of deals towards the end of the year, and they, you know, it was uh, trades that in return they got Brandon Drury and McKinney. That's my fears. They're going to get rid of a, 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 a A-class, top-notch closer and get guys like you know Brandon Drury and Billy McKinney, and we can't afford to give up that for guys that you know have toiled in the minors and have come up and didn't they, you know Billy McKinney? Well, I think it was Brandon Drury actually with the Yankees. He just never couldn't. He just could never find a spot on that Yankees team. But like. We can't afford to, to, to blunder up those deals anymore. Like, if you trade Giles or Daniel Hudson or Sanchez or Stroman, for that matter, like, we need to get top prospects, not mid-range prospects. Yeah, and that's, a, that's a, almost a separate conversation um, in terms of, I mean, whatever, we'll address it because I want, I do want to ask you guys who the Jays should be looking at and getting back. Well, Brock, who are your untouchables? But, you asked us. Who, do you have any untouchables? You asked us uh, who our untouchables well, were. I mean, Vladdy and Biggio, the young stars are the untouchables. So, does that include Danny Jansen for you? No, no. It's uh, for me. It's it's Vladdy, Biggio. You know, Bichette's obviously in the thing. Pearson's in the in the minor still. Um, but I think after that, it's really fair game for me. Guriel's another guy who you think, you know, he's really hot right now. I like what he's done with his game, like you guys have already addressed. But on the flip side of it, I have seen where he was. So you really got to know. A bat, from a bat or defense? Like a- uh, from both. You know, like, I mean, his, his bat has always been fairly good. His defense was always the the, the issue, yeah. which I always wondered why. You know, they would talk about that, and then I would see the uh, the lineup, and he would be DHing down in the minors. I'm like, the fuck is the point? Like yeah. he's down there for defense, but you're gonna you're gonna designate to hit him. Like, um, but, but credit to uh, and I th- I think Devon White would have had a lot to do with that. Uh, there's a guy that if you're gonna learn, learn from the best, and he's down there. I think he's a first base coach for uh, Syracuse. And uh, I'm sure I work with him every day on in terms of fielding. Yeah. Oh, he, right reading, now he's reading balls off the bat. He's an ex- he's an exceptional left fielder. Yeah. 
His defense has been phenomenal. He's created no errors. Well, you used the key word, reinvented himself. He oh, really yeah. did. Oh, like, yeah. in, in that month or whatever he was gone, month and a half, like he, he came back. He's a completely different guy. And I don't know if, if the defense was that on his mind and that so he was sort of that preoccupied with it. Which took away from his hitting. Exactly. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it must have. It must have. Because That's all the media talked about. It was it was like 50-50. It was 50 that he couldn't field and 50% that he it was in his head because he couldn't make a throw to first like a right. like a knob lock type thing, you know, where he had the yips. But uh, now he's no. He, <laughs> oh, I mean, a great, that's a great comparison. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Google it, people. <laughs> but he's he's playing uh, playing extremely well. You couldn't ask for more. And and that, for for that reason, I think he's on he's he's untouchable. See, I'm still. Uh, I don't know if I'm not sold on him. Where, and the pedigree's there. Like I don't his, play stocks very often, but I'm in one and I'm regretting it. So the whole like sell when the going's good, one. yeah, sell high. Is uh, is definitely something that I'm, I'm I, I consider, and Guriel's one of those guys where I'm like, man, he's really hot right now. Can we get a better return? Like, are we going to regret this in a year? And he comes back and you know falls back into his old habits, kind of thing. Um, you know, he came back up. He was sent back to the minors, so it kind of rejuvenates you a little bit, gives you that extra motivation. Like, I want to get back there. I'm going to show them. He's doing that, but then you know, when he gets back to being comfortable being up there. Does it uh, slide back into what it was before? Yeah, anyway, I, I don't, I'm not I don't 100% see it. sold on it, so I, see, he's yeah, not untouchable for me. This, is, this might be the first time Brock and I actually disagree on something. I've it's, been looking for something to disagree on because somebody would comment on Facebook, you guys agree too much. Oh yeah, because we're unsportsmanlike. No, we're sportsmanlike, usually, because <laughs> we agree on everything. But this is the one thing I've seen enough of Guriel. I know it's been a small sample size, but you know, towards the latter part of last year and this year, Brock, I was one of his harshest critics at the beginning of the year. True, you know. But Pierre, if but if if his if his if his landing spot is sort of three quarters of what he is right now, you take that. Oh, like at, at where he plays in left, absolutely. Right. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's got speed on the bases, and he's shown a very, very, very nice swing. Mm -hmm. Nice, powerful. And you, and swing. you mentioned Danny Jansen. It, it, there's a guy that, yeah, to me, he's untouchable for the for the one reason that. He, he, he came into this year looking strictly defense, uh, you know, and, and you look at the revolving door of pitching, the starting pitching has just been guy after guy that they plugged in. Uh, he's worked with them all. Absolutely. He's and, done a great job. And, and he's, he's, he's on a tear right now. And, and again, this yeah. isn't him, I don't think. All-star break came at a bad time for him. Yeah, eh? really. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to keep playing. But, uh, but, but, but this isn't him. This is him on a tear. But, if, uh, but again, if he's three-quarters of what he's doing now, uh, and the defense, the way he's played, oh, he's phenomenal. Then, yeah, so so you 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 look at the upside there, and you say, no, we're keeping this guy. He's untouchable for now. Don't call. I'm not no, that, answering calls about. See, him. that's the difference. You just said untouchable for now. For this year, I, I would not for trade this him. year. Oh no, okay. I mean they've got. They've so got you know what you got? Reese McGuire in the minors. He's really shown no nothing in terms of like coming into the. To, hey, I'm the next. I'm the heir apparent. Yeah. So why would you give up on Danny Jansen, who's got a who? Like you say, he's on an absolute terror right now. And 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 Jansen was the favorite coming into camp, but he wasn't the uh, he wasn't the runaway pick. Uh, there were articles that said it's between him and Reese for the starting job, and uh, Luke May was going to be the backup regardless, but. Uh, so, so it was a fight, and and uh, they went with Jansen. Again, the first few months, I think he was hitting less than two hundred. Yeah. Horrible. But again, given the given what he had to work with and defense first attitude, which I'll take any day in a catcher, uh, and and he he backed it up with the play on the field. So, uh, for for them to be patient with him, now they're now it's reaping the rewards. What do you, what's your uh, what do you guys 
think about or how do you feel about Trent Thornton? What's his? I mean, remember they dealt him. They picked up him from uh, from Houston for Elidmus Diaz. So Elidmus Diaz, another infielder. So considering they have a, a plethora of infield talent, to pick up potentially a third or fourth starter essentially is what he ends up being. I thought it was a fantastic deal. He's pitched really well. His record doesn't show it, yeah. but his ERA is okay for a first-year starter. He's got a funky delivery. He's got that high leg kick, and he's got, but he's got some juice on his fastball. He's got a good breaking ball. I, thought he's, I think he's overplayed. I think he's actually um, played extremely well. Um, and for a while there, he was really the only guy, the only guy they, can, they can actually count on. Sanchez got hurt. Stroman got hurt. So what do you guys think of Trent Thornton? Thornton started off really well, right? His first outing was uh, fairly impressive. Like for That was the first time I'd ever seen him. He's got pretty good stuff. Yeah, overall, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, um, yeah, I, I don't know how old he is. He's not the thirty-five-year-old guy. Born in '93, '93, twenty-six. Like strikeouts per nine or per nine innings are over nine. So he, he's throwing a strikeout an inning. So he's got uh, stuff to fool you, like like to get it by by batters. Uh, no, he he's. Uh, I have no issues with. Uh, obviously, I said uh, him and Clayton Richard, who's a young thirty-five. <laughs> he they I, don't, I really Ryan don't know who I'm thinking. This is Spry 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's limber. Ryan Barucki? Is that who you're thinking of? I, I might have been Perone. Panone, sorry. Oh, Thomas Panone. Yeah. But I, I'm still not sure. <laughs> I, I think the, the Jays are one of the youngest, if not the youngest team in the majors. So there's that. And, you know, I think you do need some veteran presence in the, in the clubhouse. But, you know, a guy like Trent Thornton, man, I, I like I like him. I like him as a fourth or fifth starter coming coming out there, and uh, yeah. he's been consistent. He's been healthy. Again, like he's got the funky delivery, and he's a little bit of a throwback when it comes to his uh, his wind up and all that. So I like I like him. I think he's been a bit of a gem in uh, in a bit of a in a, certainly a big mess of a starting five. And do we recall who the starting five were initially? What the Jays had planned for their starting five? I, I ask this because I don't know, I don't remember. So I'm actually asking you guys. Oh, Stroman Sanchez. I yeah. looked it up because uh, I don't think Shoemaker was healthy at the start of the year, so he wasn't one of them. Was there but, a lefty in the mix? But maybe he was. I, what's that? Did we have a lefty in the mix? Was Bar- I thought Barucki was penciled in as their fifth starter. Could he be. got hurt in the, in yeah. the uh, spr- spring training. Uh, they signed Buckholtz. He wasn't healthy either oh, at the yeah. start of the oh, year. Oh, Buckholtz, right. I mean, I my mean, fantasy uh, baseball team. You, you look at the number of starts. I wrote it down. So we got Stroman, Sanchez, uh, and Thornton. Each have like 19 starts, 18, 19. Uh, Baruki, zero. Shoemaker had five. Clayton Richard, eight. Buckholz had five before he got hurt. Uh, Reed Foley, who they've called up and down, uh, two. Uh, Panone, two. Derek Law from the bullpen, four. And Edwin Jackson with a horrendous Oh, my God. Horrendous five. That, we, that we'd all like to forget. Poor but, guy. But that just goes to show, like, and it goes back to that Jansen talk, like, it's just a revolving door, and and imagine working with that many starters. And and injuries are one thing you run into those, but this is just kind of shitty pitching. So, Edwin Jackson was, whew, was like a train wreck. Yeah, you couldn't look away. In their defense, I mean, when you're losing or not putting up points, to it, it's kind of hard. And a lot of the the young and the 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 energy and excitement that the Jays have in terms of being kind of the young rejuvenated, not even rejuvenated, but the young excitement of kids that are trying to like leave their stamp and, and really leave a mark on the league. 
didn't happen until, you know, 20 to 30 games in the season too, right? So um, that's it's tough for a pitcher, I think, to, to be pitching in those kind of scenarios. So you can't really judge the guys you want to keep around based on solely on stats and the wins and losses. you got to really look at what they had. And I think Thornton did a really good job. So, you know, again, full circle back to, to him. I'd like to see him stick around, but he's not untouchable by any means. No. I don't think, you know, there's very little that's untouchable at this point. I just don't know. How? Let me ask you, how far do you think the Jays are from competing? Like, how far out do you think they are? Two years. Two years? You said that very I, I, confidently. Yeah, I see, uh, because I see, I see a Houston Astros slash young Cleveland Indians team being developed here with these, with these five potential stars. So I, I, don't, I see this turnover being real quick. I actually really do. And, and I, say, I don't say this because I'm a Jays fan. As you well know, I am a fan of the Jays. But I, I don't see this taking very long. If they can get their pitching in order, that's going to be the key. But the, the bats will be the bats. They're striking out because they're, they're minor league guys coming into the majors for the first time. I mean, I, you know, it's going to take a year of adjustments, but I say two years. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see the staff taking a more aggressive approach in terms of a baseball game. Um, these kids are coming up, and in the minors, whatever, maybe I'm making judgments that I shouldn't, but... You're in the minors. You're still doing everything possible to get to the majors. You're not in the all-star, I'm a pro, I hit home runs, that's all I do kind of mentality. And I feel like they should harness that and really bring that excitement and energy to the games in terms of being aggressive. Send guys. Stretch singles into doubles if you can. Like really put the pressure on. When I think of... Again, the Kansas City Royals series there in 15 or 16 or whatever it was, was really eye-opening to me in terms of a baseball strategy. And the Royals, I felt, as a Jays fan, I constantly felt the pressure, whether it was a guy on first running to second, whether it was, um, you know, uh, hit and runs, bunts. I felt like there was always something about to happen, and I didn't get that from the Jays, and I want to see that. I want to see the aggressiveness. Push it. Make Even though it's professional, make those guys because the great plays that you see on TSN, like those are within inches all the time or milliseconds, yeah. and it just takes a hitch, a yip, you know, yeah. to, to, to get that, and now you're on third instead of second or whatever. I want to see that. Make them be professionals and make them make the perfect throw. It's going to happen every once in a while, but push it. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's the one series that I can remember where the, they were the better team all around, clearly. Like one through nine, like, like it didn't matter who was up. It was they, nonstop. Yeah, like the, yeah exactly. It, yeah, it was, like, it was like they were coming for you. They were coming for the pitcher. They were going to stretch everything. There was no easy out. Like a ground ball was, they were gonna they were gonna put the pressure on the defense to make a play. Uh, I feel like it's no egos either. No, like they were Checked the team first. Yeah. It wasn't about. Uh, but is that coaching guys? Ned Yost is a is a very he's notorious for like one through nine. Everybody plays the system, whereas I think Gibby at the time really just sort of let guys do their thing, and he was a players' coach, quote unquote. But like you know, it was a slugging team with Batista and Encarnacion and Donaldson and. Tulowitzki didn't have much speed back then, so and Smoke was their you know alternate first base. So, is it systems? 
Well, that's where I want to see Montoya make more of an emphasis because Gilly can let the guys be guys because they were established guys. They came from different places. They were playing for whatever, for how long. They, they, they had that characteristic already where these young guys are coming up. Yes, they have their own personalities and whatnot, but it's almost more important to mold these kids into what they want them to be. So they don't know who they are. It's not just a player's coach and let them be who they are. They don't really know that. They don't have that identity yet in the majors. Let that develop, but also be the, be the manager who molds them into what you were looking for. And that's where it comes from, the, the veterans in the locker room as well. Like That's going to help doing that. But Eric Sogard's a great veteran for that. What, you, what you're describing, yeah. Eric Sogard, I think, is the perfect fit in terms of like at the Professionalism. Plate. Well, professionalism, the way, you, the way you approach an at-bat. If you're the first, if you're leading off, take as many pitches as you can so the guys behind you can see what this guy has to throw. And then, like you said, on, on base, you know, be aggressive. Uh, now, Sogard in the last couple of weeks has been picked off a couple of times, but it's, it's out of aggression. Like, he's taking an extra step I'll on leadoff. That. Yeah, right? So, I mean, you're 33, and what's, what's their record? 34 and 57. You're 34 and 57. You're, you're 23 games under 500. I mean, yeah, take, a, take an extra step. Uh, steal a base here and there. But I have... And I, look, I like Charlie Montoyo. Okay, I, I like what he's how he's spoken in terms of the, the uh, his approach the, with the media. Uh, there have been a couple of uh, tense moments on the mound with Stroman that he I thought he handled really well. But truth be told, I haven't seen a ton from him in terms of in-game adjustments. Now, people talk about the a manager of a baseball team. What, what control can he really have? Pitches made, batter hits guy runs from the base like that's really all that happens in baseball essentially when it comes to core baseball when you look at baseball strategy now we're not talking about shifts we're not talking about pitches because the guy can't hit an outside we're not talking about all that we're talking about basic strategy i haven't seen much from montoyo in terms of that and maybe you guys can elaborate on it he hasn't really impressed me in terms of his in-game strategic um ability to like adjust adjust Yeah. yeah yeah I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think he's, uh, at this point, he's, being, he's playing the guys he's dealt with. Uh, and it, if you're trailing, maybe that's the time you do start running the guys and saying, okay, some swipe a bag and, and, and uh, go nuts, you know, like, let's get back in this game. Um, so, yeah, maybe the point's well taken. Like, uh, maybe it is time they start, okay, let's put the pressure on them. Let's, let's try and get back in this game, or if not, We'll, we'll get home that much sooner. You o- know? Open up the playbook kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, it's almost... And see like what that. you have. Like, yeah. See who's there. Like, and get back to fundamentals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's not be pretty. Let's not get fancy. Let's play baseball, you know, like we're little leaguers again and just say, let's, let's just be smart. Let's yeah. bunt. Let's hit and run. Let's force the, you know, like, let's have some fun and put the pressure on them. I don't know if he's managing with any sort of limitations in terms of um, managing players' health, managing players, uh, you know, field time, you know, maybe in terms of getting uh, closer to trade deadlines and and making moves. You know, they don't want to risk getting somebody hurt. Right. And once that roster is settled, the trade deadline passes, and he's got what he's left with for the the remainder of the season, maybe then we see him open it up and say, all right, guys, it's a tryout for everybody. I want to see what you can do. And... I'm, I'm going to be basing a lot of stuff for next year on this. If you're coming back next year, I want to see what you can do. And he hasn't been shy at all to say, look, if you are on my major league roster, 
healthy and you're on the bench, you're, you're playing every thir- second or third day. Whereas I think Gibby's approach, and, and many managers, Bruce Bochy is famous for this, uh, you s- I got my starting nine, and you sit when you need to rest. Right. Get, uh, and that's your day off. Yeah, Mont- Montoyo's the opposite. Montoyo's, if you're on my team, you're not sitting longer than two, three days. I'm getting you in the lineup. So it keeps. I guess it keeps guys fresh, but on the other hand, you know, you get you, you get a scenario like Guerrero, who didn't play on Canada Day because it was a scheduled rest, and you know, it could be a could have been a scheduled rest. It could have been Montoyo just saying, "Look, this guy's been sitting too long. He plays Guerrero's position. He's getting in." Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I like that because it keeps guys fresh, and you've got what four or five position players usually on the bench yeah. at, at tops, mm-hmm. so you can rotate. That's five. That's five potential guys getting rotated in. But I mean, I've I've always been a firm believer, especially in the NBA, and I don't, I don't want to go on NBA, but especially in the NBA, if you got your starting five and you run with that starting five throughout the season, it develops. You develop continuity with the five. You have a rotation. By the time playoffs come in, it's like boom. It's like clockwork. Mm-hmm. The Warriors were notorious for that. Well, the same I think for me apl- could apply in baseball. You've got your starting center, starting right, starting left. You'll never get crossed wires because everybody knows where to be, where to stand, how to act, who's going to call off what. So when you're constantly interchanging infielders to go play outfield because he's been sitting for a couple of days, how are you going to develop continuity? That's a very difficult line to define in terms of a coaching uh, philosophy because if you don't play them on a consistent basis and somebody goes down, you're like, well, that guy really didn't get any playing time this year. So there is no familiarity. You're going from, you know, 100 to zero, where if you're playing them, maybe you get, you know, maybe a 40%, 50% kind of thing. But then your top guys are really only at 80% because they didn't get all that, uh, that playing time together to, to feel each other out and, and really... Um, nurture that relationship um it's a balancing act for sure it is oh yeah uh, for sure it's It's gotta be tough mix of and that's why the joe maddens and the uh ned uh nedios that's why they get paid what they do because it's it's finding that right down the middle of i got these guys right where i want them uh that they're rested on days they need it uh but but you know and and, because i remember going back way back and it was like playing time was a uh, reward you know like okay we'll see how you do and if you're playing well you're getting in you're getting in yeah Yeah. if you're not you're not uh whereas now it's these guys command so much money you have to play your starters or everybody starts questioning well why isn't this guy in you would have won if this guy was in so on and so on so you know to and and to punish a guy with you're not listening to me you're sitting just doesn't happen anymore you know you you have to it's it's not that uh, parent-child relationship it's that mentor to mentor or, or uh, equivalent you know like you're on the same playing playing field uh, so yeah it's it's the it's finding that perfect balancing act of friend parent uh, mentor uh, leader uh, with, with all your players and, and each one's going to be different and it has to be customized for every player that well that's uh, from a coaching standpoint and philosophies that's huge yeah. your last statement there on terms of you cannot treat everybody the exact same exactly you can't get the same thing out of everybody the same way you know you can't just yell at everybody and expect them all to to uh, react how you want them but i think with the balancing act too i think a lot of it comes down to like 
uh, situations. You know, if it's, uh, you know, you're playing against the, the Yankees and you need to win those games because you're in the hunt, mm-hmm. your starting nine's in there. Yep. If you're playing the Rays, let's say, or uh, I don't know who's at the bottom right now, but um, you say, okay, well, now's an opportunity we can put a couple guys in and maybe rest somebody. Sure. Right. But to have the schedule rest, like you were talking about, where Vladdy's off on Canada Day, like th- that was a... That was obviously a calculated thing in terms of numbers of games and when they wanted to break, but not looking at the outside aspect the of picture. saying, like it, you know, like this is a nationally televised day off. Everybody's watching them. They're wearing the red. Vladdy had just got called up not long before that. So it's an opportunity for people to really hone in and pay attention. And, sure. you know, and he didn't play. Not that you should be coaching and managing your team based on the fan and, and, uh, you know, taking their their uh, opinion into it, but um, there's got to be some context to how you're doing that. So, I think right now, I mean, the Jays being fourth in the AL East, like they're not really a threat anytime soon. So, I'm okay with just rotating it that way. You know, yeah. it keeps it fairly even. It's not uh, you're not showing any favoritism to anybody, and you're just hey, you got a break at this day. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're and, not and competing it, anyway. And it depends who the roster or what the roster is. After the trade deadline, like what's left, what uh, where are your strengths? Who do you want to see audition for next season? Uh, what what positions do you want them to play? Uh, where do you want them to bat? What are you going to ask of them? Uh, all these things. Uh, well, that's the same. <laughs> that's the same now. Like guys are essentially essentially auditioning for: Are you trading me or are you not trading me? But uh, got to be some of that. Right, but but some of those guys are going to be gone, and some of them you don't want to set up to fail because you want them, you want their trade value high. So you're not going to put a if Galvis is 0 for 28 against the pitcher, you're not going to put him in there and, and say, okay, you're starting at short and batting lead off. Uh, you're going to protect him a bit true, and true. Uh, give him a day off that day. Uh, you know, if if Giles has a guy that's that's ripped him every time, you're not going to put him in. Maybe he may not start him in that inning. Uh, to close it out, you'll, you'll bring them in midway through. Uh, things like that. So, so it, again, it depends what you're left with and who's there and you, you know, what your personnel is and what you need from them or what you want to see from them. Oh, all valid uh, things. So I think what we're going to do now, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, uh, I'll actually, uh, well, you guys can start giving us your grades on the uh, mid-season review of sure. the Blue Jays. Uh, Mike, you're... But I'm on my break. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Oh, yeah? What if someone calls my mom a cocksucker? That ain't personal? Is she? Is that Roadhouse also? Yeah, that's absolutely Roadhouse. <laughs> I've, I've seen that scene fast forward and you're trying to get oh, to yeah. yeah. The alcohol supplied here is brought to you by Brad Wesley. You lost me on that one. You lost me. Brad Wesley's the bad, the asshole bad guy in Roadhouse. I didn't watch the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best line of that movie was uh, "I'll sleep when I'm dead." Oh yeah, Sam that's uh, Sa- yeah, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yeah. Oh, I, he's got. Does a hobby horse have a wooden dick? And we're back. Uh, after <laughs> so, I got that. <laughs> I think I got that from Jimmy Fallon on a Saturday Night Live clip. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Anyways, we're back. We are going to do a, I'd say, core roster player by player uh, first season grades for the Toronto Blue Jays. Sorry, mid season grades for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And, uh, you know, They've got their 40-man roster, and they've got their current roster. The 40-man roster includes a lot of the guys that are on the uh, on the DL, 60-day DL. Uh, Dalton Pompey comes to mind. So we're not going to get that in-depth in terms of the actual roster. We haven't seen Dalton Pompey play. I mean, he took a couple of bats in the head in, uh, in spring training, and he's got he's been concussed ever since. But like guys like Ryan Barucki, Clay Buckholtz, Edwin Jackson, we just haven't seen enough. Elvis Luciano, I can't give him a grade. He's on the 60-day DL. His sample size is pretty small. So there's guys... That are Devin Travis, another guy that's another um, infielder, injury, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Urena hasn't been up there that much. So, forty-man roster versus what they what they're fielding now. I think we're going to stick with what they've been fielding now, and we'll we'll grade some of the core guys uh, from uh, their current roster. So, um, I don't know what Mike. I feel like we should probably start with the pitching because sure. that seems to be the biggest um, question mark on their team moving forward. So, why don't we start off with their starting pitchers and? Uh, if you want to grade the guys that have been starting, I'll, I'll gladly counter after you've graded, and Brock, you can put, chime in any time here. Uh, so first guy I got, Marcus Stroman, and I'm giving him an A, a solid A. Uh, the guy's got a three-run, three-something ERA on a team that is awful, uh, and I don't know what his wins-losses are, but they're not good, Like, but he's pitched them. He's kept them in every game he's pitched. Uh, yeah, so I, I've got him as a solid A. So uh, Marcus Stroman for me has been, I, I give him an A too as well. In fact, I give him an A plus. And the reason why is because on a on a relatively bad team who hasn't given him any run support, I really think he's he's uh, he's been good in the clubhouse. Yeah. He hasn't turned on anybody. Yep. I mean, he's made a couple of comments, but like, wouldn't you if you got zero 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 as a stat line when you're pitching? It's exactly. Not, you know, and, it's, and they don't ask you questions on your off day. So they're asking him after he just got lo- just took a loss when he pitched his, pitched his guts out. Yeah. Uh, so they're getting him at at, at a pissed off level. Yep. Uh, and and I agree. So yeah, a solid A. Uh, he's been a bit of a leader where I don't think he's had that role before. He's had a up and down season in a sense that uh, uh, people have looked at him to to lead this team, and he's like, well, there's nothing to I'm lead. Doing here. what I can. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you know he's. Uh, He's pitched well, I think, in terms of his actual pitches, location. Uh, you know, his slider looks good this year. His his fastball's got a little bit of movement to it. Like from a, from a technical standpoint, he's pitched about as good as I've seen him, and he's remained healthy. Yep. So I thought he's pitched well for a guy who's under some contract. Uh, you know, he's he's due for a new contract. He hasn't let it affect his game. Yeah. So I th- I think he's been I think he's been good. So I, I like a, a A plus. I give him an A for sure. Yeah, Brock. Yeah, his ERA is three point one eight. Yep, he's got a five and nine record. Um, that could easily be nine and five. Again, what we discussed there quickly before coming back is we're not going to go through the stats because it's really not indicative of the player necessarily. Um, so we're kind of going with the grades with our eye test, and I think Strowman is has passed that with flying colors. I mean, he has dealt with adversity to a point where there's a lot of trade rumors. There's a lot of uh, he's getting a lot of heat from Dennis Eckersley and stuff about his enthusiasm on the the mound. He stayed true to himself. He's still still throwing, yeah. still exciting to watch. Um, yeah, he's definitely. Uh, um, I, I give him an A as well. Yeah. What do you All say, right. Mike? Uh, next up, I lumped these two together. Uh, so I got Aaron Sanchez 
and Edwin Jackson. <laughs> That's oh. both oh. both getting an F. Oh dear. Yeah. yeah. All uh, right. May I ask why? If I can cut that in half and start with Aaron Aaron Sanchez, why an F? Sanchez, he's he's a guy that's frustrating to watch because he's got it, 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 all the talent in the world and, and uh, uh, can throw multiple pitches, multiple pitches for strikes, good movement on his fastball, but he, he just continues. And, you know, I think it was his sophomore year. He had a fairly good year, his second season, uh, where he bulked up a bit in the winter, and I was, like, really hopeful. I was like, oh, Put on man, 20 this, pounds or 30 pounds, yeah. Yeah, and, and he went from a skinny kid that could throw hard to, like, wow, this guy may be able to sustain throwing hard. And, uh, you know, it's not going to burn his arm out or anything. And he's, he's just been a disappointment since. Like, I don't, I, and I don't want to say that the work isn't there. It, it might be. But, he, but I just know the on-the-field results are not there. His agent has come out today and said, uh, my, my man's a starter. So there's no, like, I think the Moving line has him. been drawn. If you guys want to put me in the pen, I'll do what I got to do. But my guy's a starter. So he, he would be, if, it, if the Jays are going to pull a trigger on somebody, I think Sanchez would be the guy between the two if they have to choose one but i'm going to give him uh i'm going to give him a d only because i just he keeps getting hurt just at the time he starts pitching pretty well so like he had a couple of good starts and then he had that finger issue again yeah so he, he can't get out of the fifth like it's just it, it, so i think personally he might be better suited in the pen long term because i don't know if this finger issue can go away so right. for me i'm going to give him a d and he yes he does he have starter stuff absolutely but he's proven that he can't go beyond the third. If it's not an injury, it's just guys catching on to his pitches by the fifth or sixth inning. So the, the second, third go around in the lineup, guys yeah. tattoo him. Right. I don't know the last time I saw him make a pitch a complete game. Yeah, really. So I'm going to give him a D only because he's pitched well in spurts, but he hasn't been Edwin Jackson awful. Brock, what do you think about Sanchez? Uh, I'm giving him an F for fingers because that's the problem. <laughs> as much workout and stuff you want to do in the gym and bulk up and, you know, as hard as you can throw, find a manicurist or something to take care of your damn fingers because it's embarrassing. Well, Mike, is it the ball? I don't know how balls? you do that. The, 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 the seams do seem raised, like, and, and that's something where as you're releasing, that's, that's coming off your fingers with a lot of friction. And, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll give you blisters. Although... The, the, the thing is, by outside of training camp, or even these guys are they're throwing all year round. So they should they should have calluses. They should have like fingers that can take uh, throwing this. Now you, you get into some junk pitches, which are a little more torque as you're you're spinning off and snapping it. But still, to me, uh, it shouldn't be an issue by midseason. And I know there's different pitches and different ways to hold and stuff. But his seem to get worse. His issues get worse as the season goes on. So. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, and he's out for longer periods. I don't know. If people can uh, internally judge Kevin Durant on his injuries uh, of one of those locker rooms and they want to start pointing fingers and giving glares, and then you have a guy saying, I have a blister or my nails cut, split, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. It must be painful. Though. It's got to be painful. I get it. But it's also got to suck when you're in the club room, uh, clubhouse and the guy's got like a Band-Aid over a hangnail and he's like, man, I can't pitch. I'm making millions of dollars. I can't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, anyway, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, he must be frustrated as hell, too. But yeah, his sure. agent's not helping matters at all. But, you know, he's he's proven he's shown no longevity. He's shown no consistency in two and a half years almost. So, you know. And it's hard to have confidence in the guy. To, oh, yeah. To, to, to trot him out there to start and you're like, who knows what you're going to get today? Like, you really don't know. There's no consistency. Yeah, he. That's why I have him as an F. They made they made Syndergaard 
uh, the centerpiece of that Dickey trade because of Sanchez, not mm -hmm. because of Stroman, because they said, well, we've got a, we've already got a horse, right? Okay, a yeah. guy that can be the front end of our of our uh, starting rotation. So and he could, you oh, know, yeah. what I mean, he could have for sure. And when he bulked up, and you say, you know what, this guy put the work in. He's determined to be a starter. Yeah. He can throw those high speed pitches more consistently and for longer. Great. They just forgot about that little thing called a fingernail. And I promise, audience, we're not going to go into this much no, depth with, on. with other guys. But I do want to ask you guys one thing. If, is there anything to the fact that Strowman and Sanchez don't spend as much time together? Are Aaron is chummy chummy on the field? Has something gone haywire in their relationship? Because I remember season one, I think they were both rookies. I mean, high five and sitting beside each other, talking ball. They can't high five anymore. Sanchez would get hurt. Sanchez would get hurt. High five, exactly. Or Strowman too. But they, you know, they were tweeting and uh, sharing social media, and then all of a sudden, I think it was, it might have been, was it maybe the beginning of 2017 or end of 2017? Something happened where someone noticed he no longer follows him on Twitter, and and that relationship, that that uh, the gap or the the fracture, whatever you want to call it. Is that a thing? Is, is something happened between those two guys? It could be. Uh, Does it matter even, like, in well, the grand scheme? I mean, one sucks. So if they were both doing well, <laughs> and no, but it's true. It, it, one's expendable. And, and I think I think Strowman will be traded. I don't think it's the right move to sell high. And, and he's uh, he's been a, a good representative of Blue Jay, but but uh, the team's not going anywhere in the near future and take what you can get for him. You bring up a good point, though, with one being good and one sucks. When they were close... They were both stars. Prospects. They were yeah, both and like and up and coming. They're rising both yet. Yeah. handling their business. It's very so you got something in common and you're relating and you're all, you're you're happy when the other guy's happy. You know, like you're on that same page. When it's it's tougher, you don't want to hang out if you're you know battling you, these little things and the other guys having success. Or, well, and and the flip side, you you run out of pats on the back. You run out true. of hey, good good start. You deserve better when. It's repeated <laughs> that you're getting ripped yep. and and not throwing strikes. Well, in the last couple of years, so they when you know the 2015 run, they obviously pick up David Price as a pitcher, and uh, you know it took the stress off them. Mm -hmm. Sanchez can come in as a third as a third starter. Well, and well, Sanchez has moved to the pen. Right, and actually, yeah, because they had J J A Happ that right. year too, and then the year after they re-signed J A Happ. So there was again the stress was off Stroman and Sanchez being second and third starters and Happ being the ace or however they they all could have been one one a like at, at that mm -hmm. point but there was a little less stress. This is the first year that I remember where they came into the season with those guys being one and one a yeah. and have they been able have they been able to handle the workload? I think Stroman has mm -hmm. Sanchez clearly hasn't. So no. um, it's a solid F to, well, in my opinion. I, I give him a D because I, I have seen spurts of uh, you know his stuff. Uh, just he just doesn't get out of the fourth, whether it's injury or whether it's the the lineup seeing him twice. But you mentioned Edwin Jackson. We won't even. It's not, he's not even worth our breath. A great veteran guy who had a good season last year. It clearly hasn't worked out in Toronto. Maybe it's the dome. Maybe it's his stuff. Maybe he just didn't have a spring training, and they signed him, and they were just desperate for an arm. It could be a million things, but. He has been atrocious. Yeah, they they got him to eat innings, and he hasn't done it. No, like not even no. he can't even do that. No. Absolutely. I, what, if you're going to get someone to eat, get Bartolo Colon. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually love that. I would have loved I was clamoring for Bartolo Colon to come to Toronto. My God, <laughs> at least put some butts in the seats. Big butts. Big butts. Big butts. Okay, moving on. Moving on. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm moving on to the pen now. And uh, Okay. The, the only guy I wrote down from the pen was Giles. 
I have as an A+. Plus. Uh, like I say, 13 saves and 34 wins. Oh. That's pretty solid. That's a note. <laughs> No it's doubt. worthy. No doubt. Yeah. That stat is worthy. Brock, your your take on uh, Ken Giles? No, I just did. Because the air horn. Well, okay, A plus? Yeah, and Giles is Well then then fire that sucker off again. And Gaviglio maybe gets an honorable mention. I, I won't grade him. But uh I th I think he's done well. Again, he's overused and it's sort of he, he he sort of plateaued and then tailed off. Uh, he's he's been sh not shitty of late, but average at best. But uh, I, I think they found a niche for him uh, coming out of the pen. I'm, I'm just going to go. I, I, I agree with you 100% with Gavilio. In fact, I would give him a, a B plus. Mm -hmm. Just they've asked him to do everything. Yeah. You know, so start. Uh, take over. A guy gets shelled. Gavilio's the guy. Yeah. Uh, sixth inning. We have nobody left. We've overworked our pen the night before. Gavilio, come on you're, in. You're coming in, yeah. We need an inning. Overwork. Throw as hard as yeah. you can. Yeah. Gavilio. So he's been amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, was he? did he not start? You know how they they've gone with the start with the spot starter, quote unquote uh, closer starter or whatever. Right. He's been that guy a couple of times as well. Uh, the the setup man. The, the, yeah. The, the, he pitched the first two innings. In fact, if I think of the game he played, I think he pitched the first two innings before someone else took over because they were just out of arms at that point. So he's done it all. Um, I definitely give him a B plus. Um, I didn't want to skip over Trent Thornton. Um, I just think he's he's been a consistent starter, and he hasn't missed any starts. So we'd be remiss if we didn't grade him. I'm, I'm going to give him a B only because, you know, his, his record doesn't show it necessarily, but he's been a consistent starter and innings eater. Yep. Do you, do you have any stats on Trent Thornton there? No, uh, other than a B. I gave him a B as well. I gave him a B. Is there any? I'm just looking for innings. His ERA is uh, 4.85. Yeah, second, second lowest ERA among the starters. He's got 94.2 innings pitched. Active you know, he, starters. 200 inning guy. Yeah, for a guy that you picked up for basically a Ledmus Diaz, and there's yeah. no, there was no room for a Ledmus Diaz. There was no room for him, and there was no room for Solarte in their in their uh, in their starting infield. So they picked him up for nothing. So I give him a B, a solid B. I got a B plus. I think he's got some real good potential too. So he might have got a little bit more uh, benefit I'm, of the doubt. And, and he was not uh, expected to make the starting roster. No. Of course not. Rookie got hurt and those guys. Ken, I'll touch quickly upon Ken Giles, A plus. It's like a no brainer. He's come on. He's pitched well. Even when he's got him, gotten him, gotten himself in trouble, he's gotten himself out of trouble by pitching out of it. Um, great slider. I mean, world class fastball. Yeah. Guys, Daniel Hudson, man, I gotta give him an A. Yep. And I, I give him an A because he's thrown the ball extremely hard. Mm -hmm. They picked him up late in spring training yep. as somebody to fill out their roster. Yep. And he's turned out to be extremely valuable in the bullpen. So, And they, again, he's a guy that he's been one of those spot starter guys to yep. do an inning. He's also been a, a closer, a middleman, middle relief. He's done it all. So I think the only thing he hasn't done is, is actually start a consistent five innings. And he doesn't really work beyond two innings, but he's been really, really impressive. A great veteran pickup. Yeah, no, no doubt, no argument here. Don't yeah. be a genie. I mean, it, it, it's funny because he dominates or doesn't, <laughs> and uh, they, 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 again, overused. Uh, they put him in all the high leverage situations. Uh, his windup drives me insane. Oh, it, it, like I find it the worst. Uh, eats up time. Uh, throws everybody's timing off, including his infielders and catcher. But uh, as far as grades, maybe a, a B minus, C plus in that in that range because yeah. I, uh, at the stage he's at, I thought he'd be better and leading this team like a like a Hudson, mm -hmm. uh, but he's not. 
Brock, be a genie? I got him uh, at the C range. Yeah. Um, I had higher expectations. He seemed to be trending upwards for the last couple of years. Um, and I kind of like, I don't know, I guess I expected more from him. Uh, you know, you put up with his weird interviews and all that kind of stuff, and you, you just expect him to, to keep trending upwards. And he's, he's taking a bit of a step back this yeah, year. I'm going to give him a C-. minus. I think the A at least has seen him now, and they've seen all his pitches. So when he comes in in, in relief, during games that involve AL East teams, he gets shelled, I find. He just can't he can't stop the bleeding. The rest of the MLB, he still has enough uh, trickery, enough uh, unknown to get himself out of innings. So I'll give him a C-. minus, but I a C difficile? A C, he's C difficile to watch, I'll tell you that <laughs> sometimes. But, you know, again, his windup is awkward. Is, uh, he's, he's got an ugly release. Oh, he was a, literally a cast-off from San Francisco. Yep. So he filled, he filled the gap. Rule 5. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rule 5 pickup. Um, he's, he's again, that's, a, that's this year where I'm grading him because, yeah. you know, he was pleasantly uh, – he was a good surprise. Oh, totally. Uh, couple, you know, with the last little while. But, yeah, this year, Guys, moving on. In terms of pitching, uh, there's not enough. We haven't. The sample size is too small to grade the rest of these guys. Yeah. I'll just I'll quickly fire off. You stop me if you, uh, you know, Clayton Richard. If we, do we even want to grade him? We haven't seen enough. Let's of him move yet. over to the the player players. Yeah, David Phelps, Tim Meza, Derek Law. They have. We just haven't seen enough of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't think our listeners even give a shit that far yeah, into sure, it. Sure. So well, we've named. I think we we've named off the main guys. Yeah. yeah. Nate Pearson, we haven't even seen yet, so we can't even give him a grade. So no. okay. So let's let's. Uh, I want to move into the infield, and Mike, maybe you can give it a go with the infield. My my infielders, I'll just name who I have playing infield here. We got Biggio, Drury, Freddie Galvis, Guerrero, Smoke, Sogard, and Telez make up their current infield. Mm -hmm. uh, and of those, I gave uh, Biggio a B plus. He's been a professional, like from the moment he arrived, learning on the job, learning on the fly, but. Uh, doing it so well like like you can't you can't fault him you, you really can't yeah. uh take away and, and say well he's doing this poorly though no. like he, he's you can tell he's he's learning on the job but you can tell he's really the efforts there uh the mentality the approach everything i love it yeah uh galvis b plus because uh there's a guy who i mean he, he was head and shoulders above everybody else on the team for so much of the year didn't never lost his cool, never never panicked, never got pissed, uh, and and he's been a, a a consummate professional and a leader on the team. And Telez I have as a solid uh, B. Uh, the power numbers are there. I'd like to see a little more consistency. He's actually played a uh, pretty good first base. Yeah. Uh, especially with uh, like the lack of options when Smoke went down, because before it was sort of DH and uh, and first base, he'd swap back and forth. Uh, but when uh, Smoke got hurt, he got the bulk of the playing time. Uh, so he's been he's been solid, uh, and those are the three I rated of the infielders. Uh, yourself, I'm going to give BJ an A plus, and I know it's it's a little early to be giving anybody A plus when they're that young and the sample size is that small. But I, I've just been so impressed, even with even with his outs. So uh, his approach, his demeanor, his and his and his bat, like he's he's hit the ball and he's hit the ball hard. He's hit the ball through the shift. He's gone opposite. He's shown a great glove versatility. He plays second, short, and outfield, uh, and he's done it all really, really well. Yeah. So I, I'm going to give him an A plus. Um, Freddie Galvis. Uh, it's hard not to give him anything but an A, only because 
he's really been the only consistent starter throughout the year. Everyone else has been shuffled in and out. You know, Guerrero wasn't there at the beginning of the year. So, and Galvis, you know, his numbers don't lie. You know, he's got some RBIs to show for it. He's got some home runs. Switch hitter. I think he'll. I think he'd be good on a contender. I don't think he's your long-term answer, but for he's pitched. He's uh, pitched. He's hit extremely well. So, uh, Vladdy, uh, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give a B plus to Vladdy, only because he's hit a little, little bit of a rookie wall. The expectations were ridiculous before his first game. I mean, it, it, may, it, it was literally like Nelson Mandela coming to town. That's how it felt. It was a, a complete culture shock. You know, Mandela, his first year out of prison, he, came, he visited every country, and it was like it was chaos. That's how it felt with Guerrero, and rightfully so. I mean, he's a top prospect, and he's, uh, he's a great kid, comes from a great pedigree. But in terms of on-field production right now, I, I can't give him anything more than a B plus. It's funny because uh, I gave him a B. I didn't mention it, but I did. I do have written out. I gave him a B, and it's funny because uh, I found, like, I expected to be a little more lenient on defense and but watch the hitting. But it's been a, it's been pretty even. He, his defense has been solid. Like uh, he's made the, he's made the easy plays and he's made the hard plays. Um, and uh, the, the hitting has been up and down, uh, especially with the power. Like I don't think he's homered since. Uh, was it uh, June? He but, hit, uh, yeah, June he hit one recently just before the All-Star right. break, but it kind of, you know, that was that. Yeah, was there was it, a lull there, yeah. But, uh, and, and I know part of that was warming up for the, the home run derby and, yeah, and, sure. and, and all that. But, uh, and, and it, again, the season's a write-off, so, so let him do that. But, uh, but, but, I, but a solid B, the expectations were through the roof. He, no one yeah. could live up to it. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And uh, he's performed well. He's handled all the firsts. He's done all that part. So now it's nothing but the uh, and, and now the attention will come off more and more. Right. As as people start to look to the playoff performers and playoff teams, and he's just gonna he's I think he'll excel all that much more. And he has he's seen these guys for the first time, right? Like all these pitchers, he's seen for the first time. Well, their I delivery, was, their pitch. I their, don't think he's played at Progressive Field, but he's in a home run derby there. It, right. You know what I mean? Like like so that's that just shows how young he is, how inexperienced he is at this level. But but he's been he's been tackling everything. Like a pro, so absolutely. So I'm glad we're. I think we're all on the same page there, and we'll we'll get to Brock's picks in a minute here. Uh, Brandon Drury, I really don't have a grade for. He's just a utility guy. No, um, hard to do. Eric Sorgard, I'm gonna give a plus. Yeah, he's come out of nowhere. Didn't make the the opening day roster. Come back and he's batting 300. So a plus, just just if for any reason he takes great at bats. Great at he's bats. A little bit of pop. Clutch at bats too. Yeah, uh, Telez. Yeah, I find he's just hot and cold. I think Telez would benefit greatly from being in a little bit better shape. From and, uh, being in a better shape. Yeah. And uh, again, this is just the eye test. I don't know what his cardiovascular is like. I don't know what, what he does for his regimen. But from the eye test alone, it looks like he could be in a little bit better shape. But he's not as bad a shape as his face would suggest. <laughs> you know what? You nailed it, buddy. Because just from the face test... Yeah. You might think, wow, this guy, this guy enjoys, uh, you know, the uh, the street meat or a bit of protection though. Like <laughs> if, if they had someone batting behind him, and he, I think he'd be all right. Like if if oh if, yeah, oh if yeah, they could get a guy who like, but you know, he's he's had smoke off and on, but uh, yeah, I think if if they could pad him a bit, uh, you'd see the numbers come up. You know, it's funny we haven't even brought up smoke. Smoke's my last infielder to talk about, and uh, I don't know if I have a grade for him. I he, since that year where he hit thirty. His glove is always uh, almost gold glove caliber, mm -hmm. but his bat is just too inconsistent for me to give any kind of grade to. So I'm going to give him a B just because he's a solid professional and he's he's consistent on you know uh, in the field. But 
Yeah, I'm on the same page. And he's been, he's like you say, he's been fair. He hasn't been uh, contract year, career year or anything. But uh, but he, he's been all right and, uh, and good enough that teams will be asking about him and, and he'll go somewhere else. Now, before we talk to Brock about maybe his quick picks on the intro, because <sighs> we are going to ask you, I want, I, I'm curious about this, guys. Is Brock still if, here? If we, uh, yeah, if we talked about the Yankees lineup, would we be dropping A's and A-pluses? Judge, Sanchez, uh, all, the, all the guys, Encarnacion, uh, Torres. They've all been so hurt and so banged up yeah, that it's I don't been all so. these other replacement guys. Uh, I don't know how you guys did the grading. Are we grading too high? The grades that I gave were very much in, uh, based on expectations and how they either lived up to them or didn't. Well, let's hear them, pal. Um, so I got a lot of Fs. No. <laughs> Like, uh, Sogard was above expectation, so I have him as an A. Uh, Jensen was a B plus. Uh, Vladdy I have as an A minus um, because such high expectations were sort of unrealistic. Sure. Um, so I still think he's doing a pretty good job. If we had taken the expectations out of it, yeah. I think he'd be uh, rated a bit higher. Guriel, A minus, the same as Vladdy, but trending the other way. He's way above the expectations. I would have expected him to come in and be a C-plus, B-minus type player, and he's exceeded that. So I give him an A-minus. A Grichuk is a... I'm at, like, C-minus for Grichuk. Um, I have him as a D-minus. Well, so you're going into the infield out, outfielders now. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just no, going through cool. my list yeah, here. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no problem. Seriously. Yeah, you mentioned Jansen. I... Um, and Jan, did you... Yeah, Jansen for me would be the same grade as you. I think, uh, you know... I think that he's met his expectations. And what did you give him? A B. B. I, I'm as a C plus. Uh, you can't hit, I think, less than 200 and be a B. But uh, it's true. But but okay. uh, I have him as a C plus strictly because he, he he took on the ownership and he said, look, I'm gonna hit like crap for a while because I'm I'm working so hard on defense. So B, uh, what uh, what's your like? This B. B is in Brock. B is in Brock. Biggio Guerrero. So Biggio, I got an A. Uh, Why is that? Because he came in with, uh, he wasn't, didn't have as much of the expectations as Vladdy. Absolutely. Um, but I thought, or I think, that he has lived up to the same standards as Vladdy, if not surpassed those. Um, so he's, he's surpassed my expectations quite a bit, and he's been good. So that's why he has an A. Galvis? Um, Galvis, I have a B plus. Um, I like his game. But I just, I guess there's a bit of a bell curve there for me. Um, and then when I think of grading him, you know, am I going to trade a guy who's in the A's? No, but Galvez will trade. So, um, Smokey? The Smokey, I didn't really grade him. Um, the thing with Smoke is I just feel like he's out of place, I guess, for well, lack of a better term. Like and maybe that. Maybe He's the fact that we gave him so little attention shows just backs that up because, you know, like he's sort of the forgotten man and yeah, and and it's almost like okay, when's he leaving? Because he's not needed anymore. Really, you got to let him play first, uh, and he's missing all his like all the guys that he was with. You know what I mean? Like all his buddies and yeah, stuff are all Pilar gone. I just feel like he doesn't. He's the outsider of a real young uh, clubhouse. You know, I just I don't. I don't see smoke. Yeah, but the forgotten man is exactly how I would put it. I forget that smoke is still on that team yeah. half the time. Okay. 
That's fair. So no, I didn't uh, give him a grade. I mean, geez, he was on the DL for a while. I didn't even notice him on the t- on the roster the last two months, really. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and I gave Teles a B. I wanted to, I wanted to dive into the outfield. There's only three guys: Grichuk, T. Oscar Hernandez, and uh, I'm forgetting somebody Guriel. here, and Guriel. Guriel. So Guriel, I'm actually, and I was on him so hard at the beginning of the year. I was posting about him. I, I hated his at bats. I certainly hated his glove because he was atrocious at second. And then when they put him at shortstop, it was even worse. But for him to come back and reinvent himself and do what he's doing with the bat, and look, it's not like he was doing it against, uh, you know, uh, some of the, like, the Texas Rangers. He was doing this against, he played, he lit up Boston. You know, he lit up some really good pitching. You know, he hit, I think he hit two homers off Chris Sale. So, for me, for him to come back from the minors and do what he's done, I'm going to I'm gonna give him an a, the highest rating, A+. And I, I congratulate him on his turnaround because he started off really, really poorly. So give him an A+. Grichik. Did Guriel actually thank you for the motivating tweets and stuff? Because he, he really, he I think should. He, yeah, I think he just took your comments to heart. Their tickets would be nice. Uh, this should be easy to get in Toronto because there's a lot of empty seats. Well, I want a pair. Well, I'll get whether it. they're whether they're easy to get or not, just send me a pair of Lourdes, <laughs> if that's your real name. Um, right in the left field stand, so you can watch them. <laughs> um, before I get on to Grichik, Mike, what's it, Gur- Guriel? I have him as an A minus, just because I'm taking the whole year. But you're right; since he's come back, he's an A plus oh, yeah. left fielder. But but uh, I did the whole first half, so sure. there was some bad play in there. But but no, he. I mean, you, you no one can knock what he's done since he came back. There was some ulster talk with him actually, um, Grichik. Uh, I'm on the like I just I don't know what to think of him like I I actually give him a, I actually give him a C only because his his glove is serviceable he doesn't make a lot of mistakes in the field but his bat just dis it's like over 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 three for four over 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 four for four but even even when he does hit I find it's the uh, they're up eight nothing and he hits that home run to go up nine eight nothing two. meaningless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like or like, they're down eight nothing right. and he hits and a two run homer yeah, yeah. off a guy that's going to be bagging groceries in a month. <laughs> so uh, I gave him a D minus. Uh, you know they signed him that new deal and he's going to be here for a while, so we have to watch him. But uh, I don't have to be happy. But <laughs> still relatively young at twenty eight years old. But yeah, uh, there's know. a lot of time to turn around and the sure. talent's there. You can tell. Yeah. But it's a ma- it's a matter of putting everything together, being a little more consistent. Uh, and on a team this young, he's got to be a leader. He has but to. Better at bats. Yeah. Like don't oh you know don't go down th- on three strikes like it like oh two he, he's down oh two before I blink oh, exactly yeah. you know and that drives he me nuts. He takes the first, he'll swing at the second, and then he's already toast. And listen, I want our audience to know we didn't we have Mike and I and Brock have not discussed no. this be, pre uh, our if our grades are similar, um, it's literally. A consensus. From the eye tent yeah. of eye test. Yeah. So this is, you know, we didn't sit here and deliberate. Hey, Speaking of eye it. test, though, that Grichuk is handsome. <laughs> oh, for the love of God, he's too handsome for a guy like me. So A-plus on the look. A-plus on the looks. And the, the manscaping of that beard. This fucking chiseled <laughs> jawline he's got there. So he got to go to sleeveless uniform. Yeah, so you gave him the D both times? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, that no, was for Larry. No, 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 no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then T. Oscar is really the only other guy that consistent. Is nah, whatever. Working. Well, let's give him a grade. Let's give him a grade. All right. Not talk about him at all, but go ahead, Brock. Uh, F. <laughs> I purposely didn't grade him because I'm, <laughs> I get so mad. Uh, 
He'd be if if I gave Grichuk a D minus, he's got to be an F. Yeah. Like uh, again, the expectations I don't think are anywhere near what they thought they were getting uh, three years in to that deal. Yeah. Uh, a guy again, I do feel bad that he's because he's got options that they're constantly moving him up and down. Yeah. But there's a reason for that. Like I say, if he was if he was lighting it up, he'd be staying, no matter the situation. So. Uh, it, it, it's frustrating, and I hope I hope he turns it around. I hope I hope by the end of the season he's hitting 270, 280, because he's way less than that now. But uh, they tried. Yeah, what I they hope. tried with them, what they tried with T. Oscar, is they tried to find another Batista. Right. You know, they got Batista for nothing from the Pirates back in the day. And, and you talk about trading from strength. Like he was not going to crack the the, <laughs> the Houston, yeah, yeah no. the Houston outfield. Like like so they said, no, here's a guy. He, the, the, the sky's the limit on him. The potential's high, but he's too inconsistent. Would, right. Well, he, he hasn't shown me. He showed that his first year, I thought, oh, I had a second year. Maybe they do have their next Batista. Ten home runs in the last month of the, of the year, and I think they really banked on that, and uh, it's clear that it hasn't, uh, hasn't yeah. worked out. It's like when you're Winter playing ball, poker. He does well. Uh, spring training, he does well, but it's just... He hasn't, he hasn't been able to... He's, he's been a lot like Grichik in a... In a you know, 0 for, 0 for, 0 for, 3 for 4, 0 for, 0 for, 0 for, 2 run, uh, 2 game uh, home run streak. And then you think he's okay. And it's just not enough in the majors. Put it together. The yeah. good teams, the good teams with the great players don't go four games going 0 for 22 or 0 for 4. It just, you just don't see that happening, at least not often. And again, the at bats are like every pitcher climbs a ladder on him and will start oh. to elevate the fastball and he chases. And it's, it's like you're not even giving. A quality at bat. Outside from Sogard and, and Biggio, I'm sick and tired of seeing the Jays going 0-2. 0-2. You're behind the eight ball right before you blink. So, and you know, the Jays games, have you noticed the Jays games, how fast they go? They're not long. They're like two and a half, three hours tops because right. they're down 0-2 half the time and they strike out. The three up, three down, three up, three down. How many times have you watched a Jays game where they haven't had a hit until the sixth inning? Hmm. It's painful. The only, the only thing that extends the game is all the pitching changes the Jays make. Okay, well, this guy's done. Uh, it's yeah. like a wily wrestling guy, you know, poking the guy's eye out. All right, so Teoscar is an F. <laughs> <laughs> and we all hope that he starts hitting by the end of the season for a different team. Prove me wrong. For a <laughs> right. So have we, have we? I think we covered everything. We have. Jansen was the only guy. Did we talk about him? We talked about Jansen. Yeah. All right. I yeah. gave him a B. Um, C plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked about him. Yeah, we talked about Jansen. Um, okay, I think wow. what we're going to do then, that's our grades. So overall, uh, you can take it for what it's worth. They're fairly consistent, but is it enough to win games? Doesn't seem to be the case. Um, we're going to take one more quick break, and we come back. Uh, I'm going to ask Mike a few questions about his baseball experience and what he brings to the table here. I like it. But I'm on my break. All right, we are back, and for I know this is a long, uh, a long podcast, a long listen. But if you're a, if you're a Jays fan and you really wanted to kind of dive in deep, then uh, you'll enjoy this. If uh, you're not, then you would have fast forwarded to about this point. So moving on, uh, we are going to obviously talk to our special guest here, Mike Pignat. Uh Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about? Your background. So you're our baseball, resident baseball Blue Jays expert. 
So what's your background here? Uh, strictly, well, 99% huge Jays fan. Grew up, uh, grew up as a Jays fan watching uh, Lloyd Mosby, uh, Tony Fernandez, the teams, the great teams from the 80s that, that George Bell, uh, those teams, and uh, played Little League, played uh, Big League right up. And then actually, I never, you know what, I never split or never took a year off. Like I went from Little League and Big League to uh, NCBL, which is the men's league in Ottawa, a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, so just 99% uh, huge Jays fan and baseball overall. Okay, and what's uh, what's the big league? You said little league and big league. Big league, big league is, is uh, I think uh, when you're 12, it's major. When you're, they have all the different names. Okay, 15 okay. is senior, I think, and then big league is 16 to, I think it's 19 now. Although, although you know what, little league has completely changed uh, nowadays, and now there's OBA and 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 even the rules are different, and the the mound is elevated now. I think for like 12 year olds, which is crazy. But uh, so yeah, so so it, the things have changed uh, since I played, but uh, that that was the way it was back then. And if you played big league, you were uh, each team had one team, it, and it was more or less competitive from spring on. Uh, so uh, it, it it was strictly the the better ball players. Yeah. Uh, so I rode the pine a lot, and watched <laughs> them play. But <laughs> did you? Uh, is there anybody that you've played with, or that was in one of your leagues who actually went on to? Bigger and better things in terms of baseball. There was all the talent was there. A few guys, Shane Morrow, I'm thinking of Mario Antonelli, who I think played uh, college ball in the states. I, f I don't know what division. Okay. Uh, I played with guys on their downward uh, side with uh, BK Smith, who had played uh, NCAA, I think Division One pitcher, uh, as well as uh, thank you. The uh, mosquitoes Mosquito are eating me alive. Mosquitoes are out here. Mosquitoes so are coming this, out. Uh, uh, but uh, 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 Matt McCarney, who was in the Mets system, uh, nice. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it, that's when you—that's th when uh, you think you can play ball, but you see a guy like that throw, and he threw a ball from center field that I, I don't think I—I could have reached up and like it didn't go higher than my hand if I was reaching my hand straight up uh, to home plate. That was just a clothesline. Yeah, like nice. just makes you okay. That's why he yeah, was yeah. in the Mets organization, and I'm not. So it makes him stand out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. I know uh, my brother went to school with a kid by the name of Luke Carlin, who uh, played in the San Catcher. Diego, uh, yeah, San Diego farm system for a while. Now he's a coach in one of the uh, um, AAA affiliate teams uh, somewhere. And there was a kid I played against in my one that was uh, I can't remember his name. Now was a French guy, but he was coaching Team Canada for a while. Anyway, yada yada. It's not about me. Um, okay, so now you do you currently still play baseball? I st I still play. Believe it or not. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, and the answer. Some would disagree pal. with that. Like, Never give up the dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some would say it's not playing; it's more massacring the game. But uh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I, oh, I did have the opportunity to play with you guys for a little while, and uh, the team is the Dukes, the Ottawa Dukes. What's that? Called the Ottawa Dukes, or is it the just Ottawa the Dukes? Dukes? I guess. Yeah. What's your color? You, uh, What's your colors? Uh, white and blue. Or blue and white. Okay. Conservative. The logo, the D is kind of like the Detroit Tigers yeah. D there. Okay. Like, yeah, old English tigers, D. Uh, old English. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you have a way of getting out to them right now. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go through your roster. So we're going to give a shout out to all your Duke players. Woo. Um, some ex-teammates of mine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start at the top, right? The big man, big Larry. <laughs> Larry Powalik, the, the the team skip. Uh, I played with, I've played with Larry since I think '05, and uh, believe it or not, there was a time we didn't, or he didn't like me. I should say, uh, I was a little too intense back then. You were? I was. Yeah, I'd lose my mind at the drop of a hat. But uh, uh, very close since, and uh, there's a guy that he played uh, Ottawa U baseball, and he was one of the uh, actually he was okay. one of the ones responsible for getting a team there. Uh, but a uh, good ball player, solid hitter. Uh, can't get a fastball by him. Uh, and uh, he's become a pretty decent pitcher, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. The last I saw of Larry, um, and that's not to say that I, I don't uh, keep in touch with him, but was a Twitter feed where he was drinking a beer out of a shoe. Out of, no, out of his baseball cleat that he'd just worn. <laughs> in a loss, yeah. We took a shoe bet, and uh, Larry lost, and he did the honorable thing. He did. And I have no He's further a man comment. who will live up to his wagers. Exactly. He's also the king of, uh, what's the term you guys use for? Uh, the hijinks. The hijinks. Yeah. Explain the hijinks to the listeners. So the hijinks, uh, and NCBLers will know immediately what I'm talking about. And there's four tiers in the NCBL, and I don't know how many teams. I have a boatload of them. But uh, the hijinks takes place in the parking lot after the game over a cold brew. Uh, and it's basically last team standing. So if uh, if you're still in the parking lot when the other team <laughs> runs out and leaves, you've won the hijinks. And the and Dukes record, the hijinks record for the Dukes is way more impressive than their actual baseball 100%. record. hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. If there's one thing we're good at, hijinks would be it. There are, when I was playing with you guys, there were times where I would get messages and it would be early morning and you guys were still there. I remember a game where a guy drove home uh, realized he left his phone at the diamond, came back, and there were still two or three guys uh, in the park. <laughs> this was like 2 in the morning. And he's like, can you help me look for my phone? We're like, sure. Yeah. Why not? we got nothing else to do. I say we because I was there. The hijinks. The definition of the dictionary is avoiding family time. Well, at that point, everyone's in bed anyway. It's true. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, so it's we more, got, it's uh, more uh, reveling in the game, telling stories, as everybody does. Well, we, we record them now. That's what we do. That's right. pr- exactly what we do. Imagine, maybe that's that should be an episode. I'll just throw up a mic and one of those Duke's hijinks and uh, record it. We should get Larry on though. Actually, he would probably have some pretty good stories. Larry would definitely have some good stories. Larry would have contributed to the Raptors thing as well. He's a huge Raptors fan. Oh well, let's Very get big. Larry O'Brien on. What's his name? <laughs> Larry Powalik. Larry Powalik. Why did fan. I say O'Brien? It's I don't know. not even close. But you see how I always hesitate when you ask the last name because I don't know how to pronounce it. So I let Mike do Larry it. Larry Poelic. I don't know how to pronounce it. Don't know how to spell it. Larry, <laughs> Larry <laughs> guy. Poelic. He's Polish. If that means anything. Good enough. You got it. We're good enough. All right. So we're going to give a shout out to your, your Duke players. So Larry's the first one. Mm-hmm. So let's go through. Just give me their roster, and then uh, I'm going to ask you a question about them. Sure thing. Trevor Williams. Woo. Center fielder. Outstanding. Booyah. Uh, <laughs> uh, dynamite leadoff. The guy will work a count to see pitches, so the whole team gets a look. Uh, usually ends up on base. I, I, honestly, I'm gonna look up right now. Eric Sogard. Yeah, basically. Like, let's look at the number one. What did you grade Sogard at? You gave him an A. <laughs> Sogard got an A. So okay. Fourteen stolen well. bases, nineteen walks. The guy has. Oh. So he he gives you an at bat every time up. The team player right there. You want to just grade them as you go? Let's Kay. just grade them. A plus. 
A plus. Defensively, offensively, you put the whole package together, that's Trevor Williams. He must have to bring it beer next time. That boy, Trev. All right, Nick Henderson would be the second guy I mentioned because he probably would bat second behind uh, T-Bills in, uh, in a roster I drew up. Uh, good second baseman, and it's, it's one of those things. He played second so well, you, you just never tried him anywhere else and then ended up putting him, okay, let's put him in the outfield, let's put him here and there, and the guy's excelled wherever you put him. Uh, he's got speed. Uh, Our boy Nick. Nick Williams. Uh, Nick Henderson. Henderson. Where's 24? Uh, 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 Ricky Henderson. So what was his grade? Sorry, what'd you say? What's that? What'd you grade him at? Grade Nick? A plus. A plus. Well, I, I preemptively gave the applause. I knew it was coming. Give it again. <laughs> if yeah, everyone's an A plus, I'm I'm pausing this. We're gonna re-record and you're gonna give me the Okay. Action. All right, hold on. Oh, the next guy, he's not an A plus. <laughs> Steve Brown. Steve Brown. <laughs> Stevie Brown. <laughs> Steve Brown, good great ball player. Again, uh, can play anywhere in the field, shortstop, solid D. You know what? Uh, it's funny because uh, we're all getting older and he's Put it, uh, played innings at, at uh, catcher now and done just as well as, uh, as anybody else. Uh, great arm. Now he wants to pitch, which I don't know about. Uh, but uh, And a good power hitter. Uh, so his rating? What's his rating? I'll give him an A+. Plus. <laughs> this, I see a Sorry. pattern here. No, no, no. He, uh, Steve would be a, he's a solid A. Yeah. All right. Next up, Joe Bielan uh, of the famous... Uh, Bielan family, uh, which if you mention in the baseball circles of Ottawa, everyone will say, oh, I know a Bielan or I know uh, of the Bielans. Uh, they've done That's what they were saying at the uh, home run derby, too. Yeah, his nephew ended up uh, being Vladdy's ball boy or bat boy. or Amazing. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah, I got a call the week, I think the week or two before, and uh, flew him out to Progressive at Cleveland and uh, got to meet Vladdy and whatnot. So... Uh, it's Everyone, crazy, really, because Cleveland has kids that play baseball. Lots Why do you got to fly somebody out? And I don't know if it was they wanted a kid from each representative country or what, because they were all wearing, like, he wore a Canada shirt. Okay. Other kids wore Venezuela and so on and so forth. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so Joe, Joe Bielan. Joe Bielan. There's a guy uh, that I'll give you a battery time. Good, solid eye. He's got a tier one eye. Uh, played many a year up there. Uh, and uh, gets on base. Uh, slow as molasses, but uh, <laughs> what can you do? That's can't be we're, perfect. We're, yeah, we're not all Trevor Williamses, so uh, <laughs> b- uh, he'd be a uh, uh, Joe would be a solid uh, A, this along with Steve. So we got two A pluses, two A's. <laughs> this interview is going nowhere. Just like Nick Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm feeling the pressure, and I, I gotta face these guys. Like, see them again, I mean. No, the, the key for this is this is a clear indication that we know who listened and who didn't. Right. So That's a good point. So if you're giving all these A's, nobody's going to get back to you. You throw an F out there, you're going to know if that guy's listening. <laughs> Joe Winton uh, would be next up. Uh, my partner, my hustle partner. Yeah. We and, have uh, uh, end-of-year parties with the Dukes. They always have them at uh, Big Lair's place, and they had uh, uh, cornhole and uh, washer toss. And Steve Brown, and uh, I think it was Steph LeClaire, who you'll get. Oh, he's no, he's on the roster right now, but he's moved up to Division Two. Uh, kept betting Joe and I twenty bucks a game for those, and we would smoke them. We I left with about one hundred and fifty bucks that night. Anyway, uh, Joe, Joe, shout out Joe. No, Joe, natural Joe athlete. Yeah, Joe Winton, natural yeah. athlete. Uh, great golfer, hockey player, baseball player. Uh, Hand eye, unbelievable. Uh, plays a good shortstop. 
Uh, so I'd give him A+. plus. <laughs> uh, now, folks, I've never met any of these people, so this is all first-time pronunciation and introduction. So if I, if I chime in, it's just on instinct. <laughs> Go Which ahead. we appreciate. You got it. It's the true. Dukes will be the only people listening to this segment. So. That's true. That's cool. But I want to be part of it. Exactly. Somehow. Uh, then you got Jason Fitzgerald, Jay uh, Fitzy. Uh, he's a runner. He'd be uh, a solid outfielder, like uh, plus-level defender. Uh, and I mean that seriously. Uh, he bunted the other day with a guy that threw about 85, and I was surprised he didn't fly to the backstop. Like, I thought he was going to... I thought we were taking him all the way back? Yeah. Is he built like John McDonald? <laughs> he's pretty light. He's, okay. He's, yeah, he's a thin guy. Light in the loafers? No, Rand that's not a good, uh, light in, Is it light in the loafers? No, that's light in the shoes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but Fitzy, uh, I'll give him uh, an A. Then you got uh, Steve Rumleski, solid pitcher, amazing uh, pitcher. He's really uh, good at motivating people. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Steve Rumleski. Yeah, yeah. Steve you don't Rumleski, want to. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to fuck up with with him on the on the mound. Very first time I ever played with him, Steve was pitching, and the ball it was a slow grounder to first, and before it got to me, like he like yelled, "Bro, get your scared the shit out of me." <laughs> went through my legs. I said, shut the fuck up and let me get the damn... <laughs> anyway, Steve, Yeah, he'll motivator. call you every name in the book. Oh, yeah, motivator. Uh, and then uh, Andrew Hurlihy, who or Hurlihy. Wait a second. Yep. Any Not related. To Brent? Not related. Okay. Spell probably the same. Hurlihy. Hurlihy. Who is honestly one of the best catchers I've pitched to. Uh, and that's saying a lot because I've pitched to uh, more than three catchers. But... Uh, no, sets sets up well. Uh, great arm. Uh, his hitting lacks. I won't lie. It's Although, a, all or nothing. It's one of those things that where if he goes into a tier where they don't know him, the guy rakes until they figure <laughs> out. Okay, he can't hit a curveball. Yeah. But uh, that's the guy from uh, Major League. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he he's a B plus uh, with a defense com uh, offense combo. That's my lowest rating yet. That is your lowest rating. So Andrew will be yelling at me uh, consistently. Andrew will be CC'd on this. <laughs> and uh, that's really it of the of the core group that's been there year in, year out. Uh, you mentioned uh, Steph Clare, one of the best hitters I've played with, who's gone on to uh, move up to Tier 2. Uh, we wish him well. He's doing well. He will always do well. He's a good hitter, good ball player. And he'll, he, again, another guy that can play all over the diamond. Uh, and that's it. That's it. That's of the core group. I'm not going to go into the rookies and... Uh, because that's where we get the Roll Fs, players, right? And, uh, yeah. what's that? Yeah. That's where we get Actually, the Fs. we got two rookies, and both of them have homered. The only two homers this year. Can you tell them apart? Yeah, I, I can. I can. But I intentionally play like I can't. So okay. I, I don't want them to know uh, I respect them yet. All right. Well, um, that was awesome. That was good. I was fully expecting some more, uh, like some real harshness. Like we I were, we were on the bus. Ah. Ask me in like the fall. And I'll, I'll that's a toughie, bud. It's true. It's true. Can we get another uh, bucket of beers over here? Yeah. We'll get some, we'll get some <laughs> real yeah, greats yeah, coming right. in here pretty soon. But you guys are down to Tier 4, so you guys are doing pretty well this year. Anyway, so it's That's hard to give too. yourself. Yeah, we, we're, I think we got two losses on the season, so we can't, I can't yeah, complain. You can't go uh, yeah. get too harsh. Anyway, the Dukes, I miss you guys. You guys are a great group of guys. Uh, so it's, it's nice to hear that you guys are actually doing well again down in Tier 4 um, and that the, the, the core guys are still there because uh, – 
that's what really made that fun. It mm-hmm. wasn't the actual baseball. No. Yeah. So uh, hey, if Mike, you're any indication of uh, of what they are as a group, then uh, must be a fun group of people. Yeah, yeah, they're good yeah. guys. Yeah. And you guys have another invention, eh? You you made something. It was a twig that keeps your feet up. I think. Yeah, it's a, it's called a stick. It's called a stick, but yeah. we're trying to come up with a different name to it. Yeah, eh? yeah. We, we, for salesmanship, we gotta we gotta market it. But oh, yeah, uh, I really gotta spin that. Uh, yeah. uh, and it's only good, I think, on grass. But they were talking about like maneuvering or engineering some kind of platform for it, so it'll stand up in a parking lot or or wherever else you want to use it. Smart, smart. Mm-hmm. I like it. The ingenuity that comes with during the hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre, do you have any uh, other questions for them? You know, I've uh, I've learned a lot about the Dukes, their names, <laughs> and we'll we'll, we'll uh, score some tickets away for you. Hey, I'm front row. You, like, hey, listen, man, I we'll will give you the royal treatment. Huh, I would appreciate it. I deserve it. And and uh, front row for the hijinks too. Oh, we'll make sure you're there for that. Oh, you got it. <laughs> but you got to stay till the end, like we like we all do. <laughs> I'm notorious for staying till the end when it comes to things. I, so, I noticed. Uh, I'm looking around now, and yeah, where only, the uh, patio is emptied out, and guess yeah. who's stayed till the end? Rock and Pep's unsportsmanlike uh, convo. That is correct. Yes. I'm stalling because I was trying to find a song that my kids have been playing on loop. Okay. Okay. That we can go out to. Are you, uh, are you is this Baby it? Shark? No, it's not Baby Shark, but it's just as addicting. Old Town Road. Uh, close. Right now. Have you guys heard this song I before? I have, and I like it. No, yeah. I don't know this one. But this is where we're going out to. It's summertime. We're on the patio. Mike, thanks a lot for being a guest on the show. It was awesome. Thanks a lot, Mikey. Hey, thank you. What a great time, buddy. Awesome to have you. To the left, to the left now. To the right, to the right. Now take your left hand and put it on your side. Gonna roll your shoulders. Do the slip and slide. This next part's my favorite part of this time to shine. Gonna do the two step and cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart.